Welcome to the intro to the intro, which was a Mike DeMouth request that I do an intro to the intro to hype him up here. And um, I'll oblige. This is um, Mike DeMouth Unfiltered, another episode that you're going to enjoy. It's a long one, but it's um, I think it's filled with some heavy hitters, um, which include the return of the 10 interesting facts this time for fantasy. Um, before I forget to mention it, shout out to Chris at Baseball Pods. We talk about the baseball pods bracket and we talk about how he thinks he was solely responsible for my victory last round and we talk about a bit about the next round but before I go on I say give Jake and Dave a vote today. Rotosaurus give them a vote at the baseball pod so drop what you're doing now give them a vote. Give Matt Williams a vote at the Turn Tude podcast and then we got Eric Cross, Justin Mason and Mike Simeone. Give them votes. I'm not going to pick a side there, but give them all votes. Now, in terms of what we're talking about in this podcast, we have the great debate, the great Jacob deGrom debate. Um, I do face off against Mike on this, and I, I do take an opposing side. He is very much pro-DeGrom. I'm going to be giving a little bit of shade on the deGrom drafting in the first round. Not probably to the extent that our friend Dave McDonald does, but I will... Uh, I will make my case against it. We talk about uh, um, um, a, a victory jog, I'll call it, on JT Romuto. I wouldn't really call it a lap, probably just a little sprint that Mike does. We talk about Chris Sale and some absurdity there. We talk about how Mike diversifies in his many, many drafts. He reviews the labor draft. He reviews our tag team draft. He reviews our listener league draft. The tag team draft, he mainly just... Look, he mainly just Reviews mine, my team with Mike Curland. He doesn't, doesn't really get into anyone else's team, if in case you're wondering. Um, he also gets triggered and talks about Dungeons and Dragons. And then at the end of the episode, um, the, the, um, what this episode's name for is GDL. Jim Draft Launder. And we'll explain that later. So enjoy the episode. And don't forget to follow MTM. He's approaching 1,000 followers and he's... And he, he needs it. So if he's a great follow on Twitter. I don't know exactly how he'll help you, but I'll say that he's a great follow. Like, it's, like I say in the episode, it's sort of like that office space meme. Like, what do you do here on Twitter? Like, I don't know what he does there, like, in terms of how he'll help you, but give the guy a follow at Godfather and FBC. Thanks and enjoy. Just a streamer, I stream my 
Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with the godfather, maybe now a podfather, and a philanthropist, but actually just a big teddy bear now that everyone's seen him on the uh, Potapalooza today, donating a good chunk of money. What's up, Mike? Look, I only donated that money so I could buy my way out of that league and not have to have a team in there for real. So you understand? So I just, it was just the main reason why I did that was, I guess, yes, I'm supporting a good cause, but I, the hopefully this will put to rest any anybody coming after me saying they have to take a team in this league. All right, so I'm supporting a good cause, not having to waste six months of my life drafting in the, in this league. The TGFBI? Yeah, are playing in this league, yeah. Mm-hmm. TGFBI. Yeah, okay. I have no team. I have no team. I just put a nice big donation uh, in for to support a good cause with Justin Mason. I first finally met Justin Mason today and his lovely wife, Danielle, on the podcast, you know, and uh, and just now I understand. See, that, that, that should be a, its own reality show right there. If we could put a camera like on a, on a deal, the daily goings on in that household, I think that would be good, great listenings. I uh, think so too, though. I think what the hell goes on that, in that house, you know, so. But, well, uh, you know what, Justin does good work. He, he works hard. So I, I saw you, I saw you on his um, Potapalooza with a bunch of other dudes, including John Fish and I don't know, uh, a couple other guys. Um, who else was on with you? Yes, we don't remember who these people are. They, I mean, that I, they, it's, uh, who was on me? I had John there. I had, uh, Silver, Rob Silver was on Rob with me. Silver, yes. He was on with me, and you know he's a washed-up, I told you, has-been guy. hasn't won a freaking main event overall since 2016. I don't know what his problem is. Canadian, so, uh, too, right? What? Canadian as well. Canadian as well, on top of that, too. So when, when I, I'm dealt, I dealt with two Canadians in one day, which is my way beyond my limit. But um, so I, I, he was there. John Fish was there uh, talking about, you know, his, uh, his uh, trafficking of um, White Claws to the- Dave McDonald was there. Dave McDonald's less than Dave. So, yeah, we, we criticized him. You everybody heard me talk about how he's got the Grom in the third round now. And two else, uh, Matty Wood, of course. Matty Wood, who's on the How can I forget? Yeah. I just there's been so many, there's been so many panels Matt, on lately. Yes, Matt Davis. Shout out to Matt Davis because uh he is on the he if you ever get in a conversation with Matt, as I said before, he'll break into a podcast at any minute. So just don't bring up a player because you can just forget it because he, he immediately goes into like he like a switch goes on. And he's in podcast analysis uh, for like 10 minutes of that player. Well, shout out to all those guys. You're all great guys. Maddie, Maddie Davis is coming on this podcast next week too, to review our tag team draft. You probably, you probably are aware that there was a tag team draft. It was on Twitter. People were posting some stuff about it. Not really. I don't follow that kind of stuff, man. Okay. Yes, well, man. it's on, it's on our agenda. So there's, there's so many, there, look, there's so many leagues that pop up now. All these gimmick leagues is, I guess, everybody's trying to copy me all the time. You know, and I, and I find it flattering because, you know, I come up with these different, really inventive, creative ideas, and then some kind of bastardization of those ideas will pop up somewhere. You know, there's like these tag team stuff now. We got to do this. You know, we got to do these different regional drafts now that are coming up right now, too. Right. Different, these different drafts that pop up now, and they're trying to, which is great. I, 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 tell, I said that I did the Enrico Palazzo podcast with MGA Govier. Again, another shout out to him. Does a great job. But as I said, I, there should be more guys emulating me in the industry for sure and uh, so it's good it's good to see that he was he's doing his thing and uh it was great to be on his show too so but i know and i'm not tracked or followed any of those in those dress whatsoever uh and that's going on out there well shout out to mj govier he's a musical genius did a great job with her theme song and um just all around great guy good fantasy player and um just a solid guy um, you, know what, you know what govier has zach that you don't have that really separates him from you uh, I don't know. How about a decent microphone? 
the story is like that. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's told me that, and Curlin was just texting me right now. He's like, you need to get a new microphone. You need to get no, not a new microphone, a microphone. And I and I said, I promise you, I will. Look at my setup here. You people can't see this because it's not a live stream here, but I got my I got my virtual backdrop. I got a high end microphone, my lighting, everything here. And I'm like I'm like 50 years older than you doing this crap. This is your element, man. You should be you should have this stuff and be up to speed here. I know. Come on, you know. I know. Look, I'm a gigantic celebrity now. I'm, I'm pushing. I'm pushing a thousand followers on Twitter, just for showing up. Pushing. Let's, okay. Well, let's get him more. Let's. Uh, we forgot to even mention where to find you on Twitter. It said Godfather NFBC. So give Mike a follow if you're not already. Yes. He's a great follow. He gives. He doesn't doesn't really give you much fantasy advice on Twitter. But what do you do? I provide a very valuable service on Twitter, which is making bringing joy, happiness, love. Uh, to everyone that's following bills me on and insights of course uh, on life and wisdom on twitter that's what i do on, on you know basis. that office meme like what what do you do here you know that uh, meme you know that meme have you, seen, have you seen office space yes i've seen office space where, where they're where they're talking to um mike bolton on an office space and they're like they're trying to they're trying to downsize and they're trying to figure out what everyone does and the guy just basically does nothing they're like what would you say you do here well, That's sort of my question uh, to you on Twitter. What would you say you do there? I, 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 if you want more followers, right? I think I answered that question, and I think I think people who listen to me know what to expect by now at this at this at this stage of the game, and uh, and in, in, in intertwined with all that uh, kind of wisdom, there's all there's lots of great fantasy baseball advice if you're paying attention, if you want to play and win this at a high level. And I'm just getting right now to get geared up for all the big events that are going to be happening. Uh, in New York, those are those are right around the corner. Um, but before that, we have the two uh, super DCs, which I which are those are two events that I put together, two as newest incarnations. Um, see, I just say something to Greg and Tom at the NPC, and they just okay, that sounds like a great idea. That's what that that's the cloud I have right now at this point, Zach. So I just come up with these ideas where we have thirty owners now put throwing down twenty five hundred bucks to be in a league to draft fifty rounds, draft and hold for a twenty thousand dollar first prize. So that, that's pretty, that thing is pretty awesome. And uh, you have to have some guts to do that. And those are going to take place three days apart. One on March 12th is going to kick off. And then one's going to catch a couple kick off on March 15th. Um, they're definitely leagues of death in terms of who's going to participants that are going to be in these leagues. Seems but like it. Perfect, great prep for going. That, that will set the ADP for sure uh, going into the live events. And if that's not enough to go on in one week, within one week, I will culminate that week. Uh, with a Friday uh, at the MTM Ultimate in the city, in New York City, the NFB's, NSBC's biggest high-stakes uh, premier draft uh, kicking off the season, a $5,000 injury fee for a $40,000 first prize, which I won last year for the second time, and it'll be in the 10th anniversary, it's the second time in nine years. So four of the nine years have been repeat winners uh, in that league, and uh, they'll be this will be the 10th anniversary of that league that I, since we started doing this. So we're going to have, I think, 13 of the 15 drafters there live. It'll be covered on Sirius XM. So I have some great coverage. I don't know who the, uh, the, the covering crew is going to be, but I've already petitioned to have um, decent people doing this this year who uh, actually know what they're talking about when it comes to fantasy baseball and can appreciate uh, the, the fun of this league and the spirit of this league and what it's all about. So, um, you know, uh, we're going to put them together. So they're going to be recording. We have Adam Ronis. Uh, who I was on his show this past last week as well too, who's going to be our celebrity draft facilitator. Um, we go all out. So it's going to be a, a phenomenal live event Friday night in Manhattan. And then it means the main event weekend. And then it's off to Vegas for me where I'm going to spend 
five or six days out in Vegas uh, and drafting out there and uh, having a big uh, big party. Uh, you, may, you may have seen that. that the um, This is for people that are listening. The Midnight Madness draft and a draft party is going to be, NFPC party is going to be held on uh, March uh, 6, 26th. I think it's a Friday at 19 to 26, if my math is correct. And we're all going to assemble there outdoors on the grand patio and have a great party that night. And uh, we're going to end the night with a nice 12 team draft, which is a standalone league, $750 entry fee, uh, $7,000 first prize, $1,000 second prize. And that's it. So we just paid top two. And it's a lot of fun because we're all half in the bag trashed when we're doing this, this draft around midnight. Only to get up the next morning and do main event drafting. So, you know, it really is. The, this, is this is what it's all about, man. It's like this is like Christmas. It's going to be a blast, man. So, How do I get into that in 2022? Uh, you don't. You, you don't. Because really, if, you, if the time I've spent with you on these podcasts, but you think I really want to spend time with you in drafts when, in, in live events as well, Zach? Yeah, you want you want the dead money in the drafts. And you know, I'm a fun guy. You know, I'm, I'm well, yeah. get a couple of drinks in here and we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll yeah. party out there. I'll show you. I'll show. I'll show you a good time. Yeah, figure. What? What? What is? What do Canadians drink off? What's? What's your? What's the drink of choice in Canada? Is this beer? Is that? No, no I, don't, I don't drink beer. Um, typically, no. I would. I'll drink uh, Brian ginger ale. Is usually some sort of rye or whiskey. But you got to put something sweet in it, though, right? Because it's not enough having good rye or, you know, good bourbon. You have to put ginger ale in it, right? Yeah, sometimes I'll do um, um, whiskey sour, rye and ginger, just or straight up. Smoke cigars at all? Right? No, no, I don't. I've never had a cigarette in my life, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm not near of I, but I'm just saying, a cigar is not a bad thing, you know. Well, yeah, I guess not. Um, I don't know. Never, not into that really. But anyway, but that, but that's what's coming on. It's gonna. It's really. It's been an odyssey. You can peer pressure. Me. Yeah, it sounds like fun. I wish I could. I, I wish I could get in one of those super DCs, but it's you know it's just not in my bankroll to get done. I, I want to do a couple. I want to get some more wins in the in these DCs. Hopefully this year before I start uh, shelling out twenty five hundred dollars a pop. So fingers crossed on that. Stop. The thing is, stop drafting with these, you know, these people that are just like marginal players. That's the problem. You, know, start you, stop. you start, you start, you stop. You're drafting with all these players. I see some of these drafts. You make you, you send me all the draft boards and look who you're drafting again. I know who these people are. Well, we'll get into that. I sent you some draft. It's a tag team draft that I sent you to the, uh, because I'm sure nobody, like that's been posted. So pe- that's, that's, that one's fair game to look at. And I'm sure the people uh, that, that were in that draft with me are, are, fine to joke around about it but we'll get into that in a second but speaking of all these big events you're missing the biggest event that we the, the recent biggest event that's still ongoing it's the the baseball pods uh, bracket we had um we the the draft champions podcast or draft champagne as they call it there had an enormous comeback we're maybe the cinderella team of this bracket we were down 60 percent to 40 percent last minute let me tell you like i talked i talked to um open bar tony tamburini um, the guy that we faced up against and he's a great guy he's a smart guy and like honestly we said we, we talked and we're like whatever happens happens and then about 11 p.m strikes and all these people we have a group chat uh, we, have, we have a group chat and like all these people start messaging me I actually fell asleep from like 9 to 11 I wake up to all these messages and they're like Zach what the fuck's going on you're losing I'm like oh yeah um, and then there was Matt Williams Rob DiPietro Paul Hitter you know him your fellow Italian boy um, and then all these other people, Jake and Dave, um, and I'm, and across everyone, they start, they just started to put out tweets and saying, Hey, give Zach a vote. And I said, you know, I don't care. It's not the spirit of the thing, but it's really like when everyone's trying pulling for you, you sort of feel like, I, I sort of feel like I'm, 
letting them down by not doing anything myself. So I retweeted some stuff because I felt like I would let them down because they want, they, they were so, so in my corner. Then you messaged me as well. And, and you said, what the fuck, buddy? You have, like, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard I haven't heard of, of this contest and it's like 11 PM last second. So tell me about that. Tell me what happened. I mean, really, well, tell, me, tell me how I really won. Let's tell you how you really won. Okay, that, that all sounds really great, but you have one person to thank. Well, first, before me, you have, you have uh, Matt Davis to thank, first of all, because, you know, I told you, I, these, these, this, pod, this pod broadcast bracket, again, I don't follow this guard, this stuff that's out there. It's a, it's a cute idea and whatever. Everybody's got their personal preferences on podcasts and everything. That's great. That's wonderful. Matt uh, Davis, rotosurgeon. There's, there's more people. Like there, There's more people. That but the one guy that reached out to me is like, hey, did you give your boy Matt, your boy Zach some love and you help support him? And I didn't even vote for our I didn't even vote for our podcast, to tell you the truth, right? So I see this. So he sends me the link. Right. I'm like, I said, this is insulting. I said, you're getting your ass kicked. Okay, this much. And then I said, any podcast that I'm affiliated with, I am not going to have be knocked out in the first round. Where were you last year? We got we got smoked last year. Yeah, okay. You didn't know about it. I didn't spend the effort doing what I did. So the so the MTM you know promotional machine kicked in the high gear. I got on my phone, right? And what I did is I spent an hour tweet, you know, actually messaging all the all my cut hundreds of contacts that I have through whether I was DMing them, text message. I had people after the voting was done for an hour reaching out to me saying i'm gonna do it now i said it's too late whatever oh did you win we won by a vote that's kind of how it was okay so i literally in, in that period of time those votes i had i had guys wives voting for you bro okay they, they just they just told them to get on i asked them to do that and they get on and they started spreading the word that's why you went from that kind of bs kicking to you know me hoisting up a three at the end of the second at the buzzer and then nothing but net and then win the damn thing. And if you told me about the damn thing, if you told me about the freaking thing ahead of time, we, we should have blown this guy out of the water. But instead of telling me about it ahead of time, I got to find it out through a second party, you know, Matt, and I, and then I got to go out and try to help you win this damn thing. Well, thank Which you, I, Matt. That, Matt. Matt's one of the guys that helped me out a lot too. He, he, he was, he was, um, he was making everyone aware of, of my podcast and there's, there's countless other people, um, that I, that I probably, that I hope I mentioned that, um, I probably didn't, but, um, it, unfortunately, that, I think this contest mostly comes down to wives voting for people, uh, voting for their husband's podcast. And for me, no one knows I do this podcast. I was telling the guys, like, the only person that really knows I have this podcast is maybe my wife, maybe, probably. Um, I think she knows, maybe she thinks I'm on podcasts. I don't know if she knows that I have my own podcast. I honestly don't even know. Um, <laughs> she barely she has a husband. What's that? She barely knows she has a husband. What are you talking about? Pretty much. Um but yeah, so like my family members and my friends don't know even how this. So like I'm not getting any family or friends votes. So the fact that I won that with like no family votes, no friend votes, um, and like just from what you're saying is just yourself, but also my 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 friends on Twitter. That's you know what that that's like it's humbling because like we we be, we beat a we beat a podcast and the guy's a great guy Tony. He's super nice and he's super smart and he's a great fantasy baseball player. And I'm in, I'm in a draft with him, so it's. It's actually kind of sobering, I said, to, to, to win that because he's such a good guy. And it's really just a popularity contest. But exactly. next. Exactly. It's a popularity contest. And because of my popularity, that's why you won the damn contest. Because I said before, it wasn't your way voting for you. All right. It was wives of listeners or people that I know voting for you. And you know who the hell you are. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The people who are voting, they don't know they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's basically just like um it's basically just like you taking an exam in high school. You're just like pressing like selecting answer C 
and just hoping you pass. And look, the, the, the fact of the matter is, what the point being is, right? You should have let me know about this a long time ago. I didn't ask right? a single person. I didn't. I didn't tell you because I'm not. I didn't ask a single person to promote it, promote it, or vote for me. When people did promote it, I would retweet them because I felt like a, a dickhead if I just ignored it. But I wasn't asking anyone for votes. But the thing is, we're facing you know who we're facing next week. I say we, me and you. We'll, we'll call it right. We'll, we'll we'll throw you a bone here and say it's we. Um, in this league, have you heard of in this league podcast? With yeah, Scott I, heard Bogman the and Welsh? I heard the name. Who's who are the two guys? Scott Bogman and Welsh. Scott Bogman was on the show last year. Great guy, funny guy. Um, um, Welsh um, probably doesn't know who I am. Um, but they were facing off against them. But the thing with them, they do like basketball, hockey, soccer, football, baseball. This is a baseball prize bracket. And you have to pay for like I'm I'm producing free content. And they're producing content where you got you gotta pay for it. And they're so like let me get this straight. They are producing hockey content that you gotta pay for. And I'm from Canada or like hockey originated. And I'm doing it for free. So I think, like, do the math. Who are you going to vote for, right? Look, first of all, all right, so you, you answered your question in the first few sentences. It, this is supposed to be a baseball pods thing, all right? Second of, second of all, if you have pretensions that you got to charge for your podcast, I, don't, I, don't, I already don't like these guys. Now, now i got a personal mission to beat this in this league group at this point and go all out because, as I said before, all I would have to do is, is flip a switch if I had the time to spend the kind of time, you know, to do this. <laughs> They got more. They got. They got like four times the followers that you do, four or five, six. I don't know. They got a lot of followers. They got. A, they got a Patreon, so they, they you pay for their content. My content is out of the kindness of my own heart. So we're me and you are very kind. Um, we're kind philanthropists. We're we're we're, chari- we're we're we give to charities. We're nice guys. We're really nice. I think everyone in the industry knows that Zach and Mike are probably the nicest guys you can come across. To me, both of us. No. Oh. We're two of the nicest guys in the industry, and then and we we do this because we enjoy it, and and we we do it out of the kindness of our hearts, right? It would be an interesting social experiment if because what does this happen over a one day period? It was a twenty four hour voting period. Yeah, I think so. When, yeah. when does it start? When does it start? I don't know. Sometime sometime next week. I don't know which day. I'm so a... Little little note to yourself, though. Okay, the minute it kicks off, why don't you let me in on it so I know. Because a little interesting social experiment would be for, for fun to see, okay, if our little, your little no-name podcast venture, he's not on Patreon, is not getting paid for, doesn't do hockey, doesn't do all these things, blew these guys out of the water just because of the contacts and, and the influence that we have, right? Right. So I, I would just be curious to see if that could be pulled off, if that could be done in, in a day's time, what, what that would mean, if that would, if that would be doable. I just what's, what's our plan? Aside from you just texting everyone's wives. What's, what's, what's our plan? I don't have the wives' phone numbers. I don't text the wives personally. No, no, I mean, like, I, sorry. I mean, well, speaking, of, oh, speaking of wives, you know, I, I, you don't read our reviews. Wives you, you, don't speak, you, don't speak, you don't read our reviews at all about anything, you know, because you don't get to see the damn reviews. I, mean, I got them right here. Look at this review from one of our, pa- our past shows, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll, they're not they're not reviews on specific shows. Let me read you one I got. Okay, okay. the Draft Champions podcast is, is a phenomenal podcast, especially you know when um, MTM is on the show. I really want to have uh, MTM's baby, and that was from Jenny Butler. So that was pretty amazing to get that thing. Actually, no, wait a minute. Sorry, I misread that. That was from Paul Spore. I, I apologize. Oh, that but, makes that makes a lot. I was in a scene. I confused. I confused them. I, I apologize, Jenny. So Paul, I'm sorry, Paul, can't help you with that. But uh, yeah, that was that was just one review right there, for the, that I got. But I can't see the other ones because you know, they're on the Canadian thread, 
because you can't see them. They get filled out of the board. I can only see the Canadian ones. There's one review on the Canadian thread. Right. And there's a lot on the U.S. thread. So I had a friend of mine, Mike Curlin. I was just texting with him, and he sent me over some some of the reviews. So I'll tell you them. And you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Um, but um, that Paul wants you to have his baby, but um, that sounds like a recipe for disappointment, just because of um, the physical limitations of that. Um, so here's one uh, from Tambourine Stinky. This is from Tony from Open Bar. He said, Zach Roto is straight fire, three emoji fires with his high stakes knowledge to help you become a better fantasy baseball player. Must listen. That's the newest one. What do you think about that? He said, he said you're straight fire in your fantasy baseball knowledge, yeah. man. Oh my God. He, he obviously listened to the wrong show. <laughs> All right. Here's another one from Yancey Eaton. I've been really impressed with the recent round of guests that could come on. This info is excellent. And Zach gets the most out of everyone who comes on. Yeah. And again, Yancey would never say anything positive about me. He would kill him to say something positive about me because Yancey's like, he's like the Twitter police, right? He's always got to be the morality Twitter police because if you say, if you rub something and say something the wrong way, you know, he's always jumping on, jumping to someone's rescue all the time. That's what, that's what he does out there. He loves loves you lately. I saw him. I saw when you were on the Ponapalooza, he was, uh, nothing but compliments towards you. I, of course, because I, I was I was being Mr. Nice Guy during that period of time. You know, it wasn't it was yeah. my it, it was being I was doing my Dr. Jekyll, not my Mr. Hyde during that period of time. So he was all okay with that, as long as I'm shelling out the tons of dough to good causes and stuff like that. But when I'm joking around with people and making little commentary here and there, he's got to jump to everybody's uh, you know everybody's defense over there. So, all right. Next yeah. one is um, explicit content warning needed. Just says beware. And that was, we got two stars. So we lost three stars for the explicit content because there's so many children listening to, to wanting to gamble in fantasy baseball. Um, next one is MTM taking down so-called experts. As usual, Mike telling it like it is to the industry expert. Skin in the game matters. Oh, I got more of that today because there have been some drafts since that time that I used that, uh, that really set me off. But I, I still understand something. And this is a little bit, this might be a, a little off topic, but I want to get back to this. You know, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll learn some, more interesting, uh, fascinating facts about about MTM uh, here in this little conversation I'm going to have right now. But um, you know, I, I, what what is going on in the society with this younger generation, with everybody being so fragile? You know, I don't, I don't, and this is the perfect example of this whole thing. Like, you know, I understand. Yes, you might hear a bad word, explicit content needed, whatever. You don't know what you're going to listen to. I, I get it. And this is this wasn't. It's not like it's pornography, though. I mean, I you know, you, people. It's not like people are not exposed to bad words. I mean, I, I heard a lot of bad words growing up in my in my day uh, years ago. Those words were just invented recently, and I was exposed to those words. And I, I can tell you that I didn't grow up. I mean, look at look, look how perfectly I grew up. Look how I turned out. Hearing all those neg- all those terrible vulgarities and words that I hear all the time. We're not talking about sexual things here, whatever. People are just so sensitive these days. You know, that every everything needs like it's almost like sensitivity training or safe words or like I, I don't I don't understand. Everything's got to have like you know uh, warnings. And I don't want to trigger for our podcast in case you. I, I don't want to trigger. Podcast. I don't want to trigger anybody if I say something. I think we should have a, I think we should have a safe word in case you're making me feel uncomfortable. What should our kids say? Exactly. Here's, here's another one. Did you feel you were you feeling uncomfortable? You know, here's the thing. I'm gonna, for for the younger listeners out there. Okay, the way you the way you grow and 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 handle life because life isn't easy, children. All right, you know you're going to be exposed to things that maybe you shouldn't be exposed to, right? And there's a, there was an old you know. Um, philosophical quote Nietzsche we always call by what that what does not kill you makes you stronger right that's part of it you know but we're not even talking about that right we're just talking about things if everybody's insulated all the time and protected all the time from everything from hearing things experiencing things for better or worse you don't grow you don't handle life well 
And then when you then when you get out into the real world life of things, uh, you start falling apart. You fall to pieces. And so I just think I think I think society is going through a scenario where people are just getting more and more weak minded, and they need to toughen up a little bit. You know, that's that's part of the whole thing. You need to toughen your psyche a little bit out there because, you know, I'm not saying you, you, you purposely expose your children to this kind of stuff and do all that kind of stuff. But you know what? Everything's a learning experience, you know, and everything that I went through, for better or for worse, I've learned from and gotten stronger and better from. That's how I look at the whole thing. And then people need, people need to hear that more. I'm just at the case in point, as I said before, I'm a big gamer. I've been, I've been playing games. I might, I might have mentioned this on Erickson's show. I was a huge, a huge Dungeons and Dragons player, a D&D player uh, back in the day. Still am. Believe it or not, you know, just like uh, some of the some major uh, athletes still today play the game. It's a phenomenal game. Okay, now when I was playing D and D back in the day, okay, in the, in the early days when it came out, we were as kids, you, we were called Satanists. Okay, there was a big scandal in America. I don't know if you know this, Zach. Did they have this game up in, up in Canada? Did they have Dungeons and Dragons up in Canada? They of, course. Up? of course, of course. Yes. Did you ever play? Uh, no. Okay. No. Why? Why is it people are aware of this game? They don't play. It's one of the best games ever created in history. It was like Dungeons and Dragons. It was a springboard for so so much of what so many games we have today start launched launched out of that game. All these all these uh, adventure games and all these games that people love to play now on these platforms originated out of that game. So I, was, I was doing other shit. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't have time for it. I, don't, I, I didn't enjoy it. So back in my nerd days, which I'm, so I still have that part of me and everything else, and I still write this kind of stuff. I write this content. Uh, I still do a lot of stuff with this game. Love this game. It's great escape. But right now, there was a whole Twitter thread that I was that I was exposed to tonight. When I just it just pops up because I follow some of this kind of stuff about people talking about this one chick talking about hey we're like I want I want to see what she wrote. I want I, I I just I screenshotted it because when I when I read it I almost like fell out of my chair. I said I said this is what. This is what we're coming to in this society, you know. This is what, uh, you know. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna find, let me find it, let me find it because it's it's worth it, worth hearing it. Thank okay. you so much. For, thank you so much for preparing. Yeah, apropos of not, uh, apropos of nothing, this get fucking consent from your D and D players before putting them through any triggering shit. It's not hard. It will not spoil the story if they know it's coming. Just do it. Your players are not playthings. They're human beings. So what basically what this woman was saying was, okay, is that, you know, make sure you give a heads up to the players in the game what's coming because you don't want to trigger them by, by doing any content, you know. And she gave the example of, like, referencing a player who was, was um, you know, um, gay and, and say, hey, you know, you, I want your, you're going to have a relationship with this character, but it was of the opposite sex. So they, she was worried that would be insulting if you suggested that they, the character was going to have a relationship even though, even though in real life you're not, you're not, you're not same, you're sex, same sex. Now, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, so I'm completely lost in terms of what you're talking about. I'm not pretending to be lost because I don't want to engage with this conversation, but I actually have no idea what you're talking about. So, is is the actual human gay that's playing, or is there a gay? Yeah, the actual human. So she's worried if you're running the game. You know, you're, right. if you watch if you watch Stranger Things, some of these shows, if you're or if you watch the Big Bang Theory, and there's a dungeon master running the game, telling the story. Okay. The fear is that they're running this game is going to trigger people. That's what the word is being used right now by touching on sensitive content that may be in the story. I mean, you could that you could have that happen anyway. You could pick up a book. You could pick up a magazine. That could be anything, you know, about everything. So, and so there's a limit there. So you, I say, this is this is what has become like back in the day. Like I said before, there was a big scandal in the United States that people played this game. They were considered Satanists, Satanists because we we were getting called that as kids because oh, it was like. Yeah. It was, 
because it was like supposedly linked to somebody. Some supposedly someone died because it was some 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 ritual they did, and they were they were D and D players. And now it was like it was like the Mikey and the Pop Rocks thing in his and the Coke and his head and his head exploded because he drank Pop Rocks and Coke. Whole big urban legend. So this yeah, so, makes a lot of sense. You know, so yeah, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so back in the day, if you played that game, you know, you were considered like. And think about this: you're you're a young kid, young teenager, and you're and you're considered like an outcast and be called a satanist, right? Or were you wearing like all black? Were you wearing like a cape and like like? No, it was you? You was none of that stuff. It was just you were you were. Like dressed up like in a Halloween costume or something? No, you weren't dressed up at all. And there was any, they, they do that all that. They do all that kind of stuff now with like the 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 dressing up and everything else. They do that now a lot, right? Yeah, um, that's pretty. So pretty anyway. Cool. They do that kind of stuff. You see that kind of stuff. You know, they do all the stuff in the anime and everything else like that. They, they they do the play, whatever. That's just this is what it's evolved into. Some of these things. But back in the day, we were exposed to this as kids. We were attacked. This all way, and there was no sensitivity training for that kind of stuff. No one protected. We just played the game that we loved it. At this yeah. point, you know. And so, so what I'm trying to say is, is like, you know, people are going to be exposed to stuff, just like I'm exposed to crap every time. I mean, how many times do you pick up your phone? Are you triggered a day on Twitter? I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's hysterical to me that people are being worried about triggered about being a game. How many people are going to therapy because they got triggered because of a Monopoly or a Stratego game, right? So we're, we're going to pick on this game is going to be too triggering. You know, who, who decides? Going to therapy over Monopoly? What? People what? are going to therapy over Monopoly? They're not, they're not. Okay, but the point being is, that, you know, I'm saying is that, that that's the, where, 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 at what point does it get to that point, right? Anybody can be triggered by anything at any time is the point I'm trying to make. Right, sure. I'm sure you've triggered people from listening. Of course, I'm sure I have, and and I don't go out of my way to try to trigger people or cause harm to people at this point. You know, we we try to have fun and we say things, and some of the stuff rubs people the wrong way. I get it. All right, that's that's part of what we do out there. If you're trying to be controversial or trying to be, be, if you're being an entertainer and stuff like that, look at the politics that we live in right now. I mean, how triggering was this last administration in this country for four years? Well, I promised we weren't going to get into that. I, I, didn't, I didn't say anybody's name, did I? I just, I just said <laughs> okay? Okay. Just crack 900. I want to go start going backwards because that might even happen. All right. Let's, let's, when, let's, Nazis, when the Nazis let's, come back out of the woodwork. I made a joke. I made a joke. Away from politics. And but I made a see I made a Nazi reference. See, I made a joke about the Nazis, you know, uh, not seeing right wing stuff, you know, Nazis again, trying to be, you know, make, make a point. Does, does it mean I'm trying to trigger people? Or, oh, you're just trying to trigger us, but no, I'm not. But the point is, this is this whether it's Twitter, fantasy baseball, D D, whatever, right? I think that the people today, the reason why people are so you know weak, unfortunately, and they need to, and they need to be they need to be exposed to some of this kind of stuff in, in reality so they can get stronger. You know, and get better and learn from the whole thing because I think people it, it, get triggered over fantasy like, baseball quite a bit, eh? Huh? People get triggered over fantasy baseball quite a bit. Sure, they could. They're sure they could. They get sure triggered they over like for things that you said, like um, victory laps. People don't like that. People don't. Yeah, like they don't. They, they think that's being hard. You're rubbing it in this guy's face. He was injured, and you're people get triggered. Yeah. The baseball pod bracket. There's, huh? a, lot, there's a lot of different instances. It's, it's a. It's like honestly, like. Well, it is what it is. It's it's a it's a popularity contest for baseball fantasy. That's like yeah, and there was guys going off on Twitter about like, oh, you know, it's a stack, it's a popularity contest. Of course it's a popularity contest. Guess what? All of life's a fucking popularity contest. Okay. The popular people, the people that that, that like you, you know, you choose you. That's how it works. Okay. That's how it always works. Okay. For, for try try you did you ever hang out with people or hire someone or work with somebody or be friends with people that they don't that you don't like? Doesn't work that way, right? right? But I guess I guess in in playing devil's advocate, what they're what you said, devil. That's very triggering. Watch the devil word. Right? <laughs> what, what the, 
sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm not here to not trigger you. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta man up, Mike. You gotta, you gotta, you can't be so sensitive right now. I think to play, to play devil's advocate, they're saying that it's not even supposed to be a content contest. It's supposed to be um, a way to get the, the lesser, the lesser podcasts more well-known. Okay. And don't you think a lesser podcast will get real known if all of a sudden, like a podcast like yours come out of nowhere and, and overtook this guy, it would bring attention to you, right? Just like if it's just like if you be in the league next time, that would bring attention to your podcast more, right? And whatever, it gets people's attention. Competition gets people's attention. You know, we took that away too. Everything's got to be like, well, it was it's not about win or lose now. Remember when we played a little, when I played a little league, you know, there was winners and losers. You know, I went home crying from losing games or being sucking at baseball and not being good able to hit the ball or not being whatever, not catching the ball. You know, I lived through that. You know, I wasn't scarred for life. Okay. Everybody's going to have, it's going to have every life's going to have a different effect on everybody. Just like this stuff's going to have a different effect on everybody and everybody. Right. But again, I, I wouldn't have gotten better. And I wouldn't learn from that experience if I'm, if I'm always shielded from everything and everything's got to be like, you know, protected and, and homogenized and everything's got to be, you know, whatever. I, I just don't, I just think it's crazy. It's gonna, it gets out of control. Right. So like I said, this whole thing about this, you know, the words, the, the whatever. Yeah, I understand. We're not if it's this is pornography. If there was something, you know, it was bad for a little chill, you know, you don't put your children and they're not going to get a hold of this anyway. But there, there is a limit. And I think that we're getting to the point now where we're getting a lot of weak. Unfortunately, you know, people need to get a little stronger and tougher out there because life will teach some hard lessons. To, to people that aren't that don't build up this kind of psychic defenses for lack of a better word the stuff that's out there you know and if and, and, and if the game is that serious to you if that game if a game is that triggering if the content of a game is that triggering for you here's it here's what you do don't play it you see it's very simple it's a choice no one's making you play for, for example Dungeons and dragons or dnd no one's making you play fantasy baseball no one's making you listen to these podcasts right no one's forcing you to do that right Right. And then, and then, and then immediately, and that's the other thing too. The, the immediately, the other thing, the thing that drives me crazy. You say something a little off, whatever. Someone blocks you on Twitter. Okay. Okay. If someone's personally assaulting you verbally on Twitter, if someone's degrading you, if someone's attacking you, the block the person. Okay. If the person says something you don't like, you know, and you were following for or vice versa, they were following you. Why the hell are you blocking them? Maybe it's a good idea to follow them or maybe mute. Just listen to what they have to say. You may learn something about yourself or the other person. You know. Have you, have you been blocked a lot? I've, I'm sure I've been blocked by a few people. I mean, I told you this. There's, uh, I got blocked by a big main guy in the industry who I'm going to see in New York and I'm going to go up to him and talk about what the hell is your problem, Gecko Industries. There, there I said it at this point. Tree bro. All right. Bro, I, 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 I talked to him the other day. He's a good guy. There's nothing wrong with my tree bro. The, the problem with Mark Shrebro is he's. I think, you said, I think you said that before, and then I then you know when when you when you said that you blocked him, maybe you had this like it made it made me have this preconceived notion about him because I only knew you, and you said, "Oh, he blocked you," and then I, I spoke to him. He's a super super nice and smart guy. Uh, I, I and I will say on this show because he probably listens anyway because he can't resist. All right, I'm out there. Is that you know, and if, if you and if, you, and if he's a gamer and a competitor, he's going to want to listen to what I have to say on certain things. We might be competing against each other. I'm not saying that he, I never said he wasn't a super smart guy or a great player. He is right. He's an NFBC hall of famer. He's, he just got to act like it once in a while and be a little stronger to people. When you deal with people, look, I, I, I'm going to say something shocking to you right now, Zach, I, I'm going to premiere this on your show. This may be shocking to people that are listening right now, but uh, believe it or not, there are some people that don't like me. I, I know I, I'm stunned. I, I can't believe it myself. I'm shocked to tell you that 
all right? But that, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, all right, that you have to just shut down, especially if you're in a small base board, you're going to see these people. What, what, what good possibility? I mean, I think Twitter would be a better place in the fantasy message boards and NFBC, things like that, with rivalries, you know, with people that don't, don't always agree. Right. The of, course, that, of course, things are more interesting in rivalries, just like, just like baseball, just like real baseball. Yeah. So, 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 so the, the thing is, if he's listening to this, you, you, should, you should be unblocking me. You can apologize to me for whatever, and I apologize to you for whatever the hell I did that's upset, too upsetting for you because you always like to talk shit, but then you never want to back it up with a bad or whatever, right? And whatever. And we, it doesn't mean he's not, if he's a bad, doesn't mean he's a bad player. Doesn't mean he's not, he's not great at what he does. I'm not saying that, but I would just say Twitter and fantasy baseball and these contests and the NFBC would be a better place, you know, if we kept these rivalries intact and everybody know what other people were saying and communicating with each other, it would be a good thing for sure. I agree. So that's my that's my rant on the whole thing. You and again, I just said no one has to agree with this. Is, you know, everybody's entitled to my opinion, but you don't have to, you don't have to listen to it, right? And take it. Actually, that's a great segue. Um, being triggered speaking of being triggered has anything triggered you on twitter lately um <clears throat> labor draft review look let me let me just start about the labor draft thing okay because they, you brought this up to me so i'm giving this, you this whole this whole thing this whole thing about labor really pissed me off because this is the thing right when labor stands for what league alternative baseball reality is that what it is i think this what labor stands for i actually right? did not know what it stood for that's what it stands for right so, uh, and, and, and I don't know why I happened to be in the car and that particular day that the opening of this draft, you know, the intro, the pregame show comes on, right, to the draft. Uh, and I, I happen to hear what they're talking about, okay? And, uh, and, and, it just, and it, just, it just drives me crazy because it just, be, and just before that, I think it was right before that or maybe it was after that, this is, what we get, this is what we get on the radio and we get every year, once a year, Jeff Manns is out there. I guess I forget what is it. Fantasy Guru. I, I, I don't even know what the hell site they are. What they what they do over there? You know, waving yeah. the waving the flag. What are they for? What, what what's the site? I don't know. I don't want to bring it down because I think maybe Vlad might be a. Might, well, I, I have the thread that you that you that you that you mentioned to me. I haven't pulled up, so I don't want to lose that thread. But yeah. is it RTS Sports? RT Sports? I don't know. I'm not even sure what what that was oh, yeah. with the draft was, but he was not he's not in work for RT Sports, but he has a show. Okay, that every year, you know, every year he there's always this thing about the attempt to try to let's dumb down fantasy baseball. Let's let's try to make fantasy baseball simpler and easier for people to do, right? That's the thing. And I, and I, and, I, and I say if you want to dumb, then I've said this on the show. If you want to dumb it down, you want to make it you know easier, you know, cut out like cut. Out, I've heard examples of what cut out a month of the season. You know, because it's too long, you know. That was one of them, yeah. Yeah, what are, what, are the, what are some other ones? Play head-to-head -head league format. Head-to-head -head league format. Points, points, right? Points league head-to-head, -head, right? Might as, well, might as well just flip a fucking coin. Right, exactly. Let's, so what, what, and what, these, what this person's trying to say, I'll, I'll translate it for you, is let's turn fantasy baseball into fantasy football, okay? So if you don't, if, you, if it's fantasy baseball is too hard for you out there, and here's another triggering statement of the day. Don't fucking play it. Go fucking play fantasy ice skating or fantasy NASCAR or fantasy golf or whatever the hell they have out there. Or yet, better yet, fantasy football, right? That's what it's there for, right? Fine. If, if, if it's simpler, easier, and dumbing it down is the way to go, do it. But this is a cerebral sport. It's very difficult. It's very challenging. And again, this is the guy who gets on the air like a jackass because he wants to be sensational, right? I don't try to be sensational, right? This you is different. Are. 
Okay. You, you just are, you just are sensational. It's just I I, I am who I am. One, one thing that he says is not making it easier though. This number two suggestion daily lineup changes. I actually kind of enjoy that because as you know, I that's where that's where I played for before I came to NFBC. Daily waivers, daily lineups, and you're telling me, oh, you just wait till Fab. You're gonna. It's really grueling. I do daily Fab in many leagues too. So I think that's even more challenging to be honest. Exactly. But but so that can make it even more. <laughs> it can. But so but the, but the thing that drives me crazy is he he's, he went on a whole rant about how Fernando Tatis is a dangerous pick or shouldn't be a pick in the first uh, in the first round or the first few picks or whatever in the, in the draft, right? Right. And, and trying to make an argument that we don't have that much that information. Well, we have a we have a, the equivalent of a full season on Fernando Tatis. Is there is there another fantasy industry analyst that I know of? That that I that I can that that you know of that I said Fernando Tatis is a is a dangerous and not a smart pick in the first several picks of a draft. Show me anybody worth the salt saying that anywhere in particular, right? No. And the only way this not he's not going to be worth that is if he gets hurt. Right? I took I took him eighth overall in the main event last year. Yeah. Okay. And I took him in the first round in some events last year as well too. The main I, event. I saw the min pick on Fernando Tatis last year in the main event. Okay. And by I'm, that point, not saying, I'm not saying it turned out overall well for me, but I'm saying that that was a, that was a smart pick. Every pick after that was probably a debacle. But the point before that, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, he he wasn't he was he was a great pick, and he's st- and he's still a great pick. But he but he, but people will listen to this guy get on the radio and ranting around like a nutball and 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 go off like this and make it sound like that's a smart thing to do. Just like when I when I ripped on McDonald, you know, about everything. He knows he put his foot in his mouth now by now about the Jacob DeGrom being, you know, a dangerous pick in the first round as well. I, hey, you want to talk about that? Because I agree with him. Well, you're, you're a jackass too. But that's <laughs> uh, why well, am I a jackass? Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's, 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 let's talk. You got some, you got some, we finally got some. Finally. Not, now I'm getting triggered. Now I'm getting triggered. You didn't give me a safe word. Now I'm all triggered because you didn't give me a safe word. Yeah, we need a safe word before this. Okay, I'm off the show. I'm done. I'm, 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 done. I'm done with you tonight. I've been triggered. <laughs> Okay, I, my 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 personal space has been has been invaded right now at this point. But you with the, the Grom statement, so you tell me why. Let's, I, I'm, I've not only have I interrupted your train of thought, but I've also told you something, and, I, and I've given you my opinion, which you don't agree with. Now let's let's, let's go, Mike. Let's have at it because you know what? Normally, normally we, we love each other and we're actually great friends. I don't know if anyone knows that, but now we're now we're actually rivals right now because I'm telling you that I would not. If I had a if I had a single bullet entry, and you know what? That's another that's another thing. All these all these drafts you see that people would never do if they only had a single bullet in these drafts. You see all these drafts with like seven or eight consecutive hitters in like these twelve team overall jack jackpot prices because they're getting a free entry and they're just doing something that's a mad scientist thing because there's not a single bullet. If you had a if I had a single bullet entry to like the solo shot or one of your important ultimate drafts, I wouldn't be I would not be drafting Jacob Degrom in the first round. No, so, I have. So, so why? So why would why is Casey Shaw do that? Why 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 would one of the greatest fantasy baseball players in fantasy baseball high stakes right now is his new Hall of Famer, right? You're the, the smart guy. Well, Casey Shaw obviously has a different approach. He has a different risk tolerance for that player. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he he diversifies. That's a question I had for him. Okay, he wouldn't okay, answer. Mr. But, okay, Mr. Low Risk Tolerance. Okay. <laughs> Casey Shaw, the percentage of leagues he's won, right? It wasn't just show that he's just doing this to throw randomly throw it out there, okay? Yeah, but do you, do you just go and copy what Casey Casey Shaw does? No, I don't, I don't. But I, I would I would draft I would take Degrom like I did in the first round. Get, per, per case in point, I took him at the sixth overall pick, right? This is a perfect case study, 
Okay. In, okay. in the ultimate, in the MTM super ultimate last year, okay, I had the number six pick, okay, and I took DeGrom without fear, and DeGrom was, was, was having some, remember in the spring, there was some, he was like, something was, his back was bothering him or something like that, and there was always fears, oh my God, DeGrom is not going to pitch and whatever, okay, and right. he was a horse, he was, he was elite, right, and even with the minor nagging things he's had, look at how many starts, game starts he's had, because this is what the article McDonald, McDonald had, 2017, 2018, 2019. He put, pitched essentially a full season every one of those years. Okay? 31, 32, 32, 12 starts, two Cy Young awards, how many strikeouts, look at it, the ridiculous whip in the array. Tell me why. On a per-game basis, he's amazing. But, but what, what sticks out in my mind is the 2019 year where he was, where his elbow was barking and I play in leagues where there are, there are trades and you couldn't sell DeGrom for anything. Everyone was scared off of him, but all of a sudden people forgot about it. There's been multiple times the guy throws, he averaged like 98.6 on his fastball last year. And I put out something, I don't know if you saw, the people that have, that, that have averaged over 70, uh, 97 and a half miles per hour on their fastball any year in the last, since 2015, were Frankie Montas, and I'm going off memory, PEDs and injury history, Alex Reyes, Tommy John, Nate Evaldi, Tommy John, your boy, Noah Syndergaard, Tommy John, um, and uh, Severino, Tommy John. Those are all the starters. You know what those, you know what those problems, you, the, the people you just mentioned are? You know what the problem with that analysis is? Okay? They're not Jacob DeGrom. They don't, have any, they don't have the skills Jacob DeGrom does. They don't pitch like Jacob DeGrom does. It's not as all about velocity, okay? And the guy's already had Tommy John surgery. It's not like DeGrom never had Tommy John surgery, right? And his career came late. Remember, he's a little older. He started pitching later. He's already had it. I know that. And and he's a short up, right? He's already had it years and years ago, right? And now his velocity's only been going up, right? And he doesn't even even throw throw the hard to get guys out. He's throwing 99 in spring, right? So I said, can anybody get hurt? Yeah, anybody can hurt, but yeah. someone's got to, someone's got to draft pitches somewhere. You need your ace to some particular place, right? Especially in this year to do that. And so you you have your you have Degrom, you have so if you're gonna avoid Degrom in the first round, then you're not gonna pick Bieber, and you're not gonna pick Cole, and you're not Why gonna not? pick Power, and you're not gonna pick any of these players because because none of those pitchers are better than Jacob Degrom, none of them. But they see Degrom's had number of injuries. He's Who? a lot older than Bieber. Yeah, his upside is way higher. Well, his upside is, is definitely higher than Cole or Bieber. But the thing is, he's what, 32 years old? Yeah. And he's, he throws 90, he's been throwing 98 and a half, and he's throwing 99 in spring training, and he's had a history of, of small little injuries leading up to this. Guess what? Yeah, his upside's going to be higher, but what are you really losing by drafting Cole? I'm not saying that I wouldn't draft a ground because let me, let me, let me, let me save myself a little bit by saying that. I have drafted Jagram this year. I drafted him fourth overall in a draft, but I'm not going to put, I'd, I'd rather diversify mostly with other players if they're pitchers in the first round. So I, like in a, in a $150 draft champions. Yeah. I took Degrom fourth overall. I want to share of him in case, like I want to share of him in my portfolio. Don't you want to share of him when he, don't you want to share of him when the big money's on the line? Or you don't, you don't, you don't want, you don't want to take a share of him when the, with the big no, money. No, I don't because I don't think the difference, because I'll, I'd rather draft Cole. And I, you know what? I will draft Degrom. I wouldn't, I'm not going to draft him before Cole or before Bieber in the first round, because I don't think you lose enough by drafting Cole or Bieber on the outside to, uh, for passing on DeGrom. I know this is like, obviously I think 90% of the people that are going to think I'm an idiot for saying this because I know that already, 
But, but look, 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 Jack, 97% of the people think you're an idiot anyway. But that's- so it doesn't matter, right? It's like we don't we don't need to worry about that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that I don't I don't see the the juice is not worth the squeeze for me, like in in a in a single shot entry. Yeah, maybe if there's an if there's an overall, I want I want to have one entry where we're, we're talking about the main event right now. Main event there's an overall, but I'm probably not gonna have multiple entries in that. So right. if if I had the choice straight up between Cole and DeGrom, I would take Cole. Right. And why would you do that? The reasons I just told you. Because Cole's a better pitcher, because he's less injury prone. There's less less. I, I think Cole is less injury prone. You think Cole so? hard too, but um. Look how hard he throws. Look at his, look at his injury history as well too. All right. So there's risk there. Plus he pitches in the. Would you rather have a pitcher with pitching in Yankee Stadium, in the in the, in the, in the AL East or in City Field in the NL East? Okay, much better stadium. You look at you look at. That's already, that's already baked into all his historical numbers. This yeah, right. So that's not another. That's not an argument for. That's not an additional argument. You can split hairs over the two, but the point being is, if you're taking it, uh, there's nothing wrong with taking an ace, and you can win. And a lot of guys do win with taking an ace in the first round. And, and if it, and, and if the pocket aces strategy or taking two aces didn't work, people wouldn't try that either. But and everybody wants to get two major aces, hopefully in the first ten picks, and walk out of, or at least walk out with three to four pitchers in their first ten picks. You know, because you need they they affect proportionally you know, how many categories, right? I mean, that's the thing. The, the, and, there, and there's more of them, right? You know, you have nine, you have nine pitchers, you know, and uh, they, they, you know, they affect, they, they heavily weight, weighted the categories that they affect, right? So that you need to have those guys that are anchors. And you said, so you, you know, I think you get, this is the problem. You, these analysts do this, they overthink this shit. That's the problem, okay? They, it could be, and then, and then, and then they don't draft in these drafts anyway. You know, you get a Ray Flowers going out there. You look at his draft. It's the same thing every year. Okay, he will just avoid pitchers to make a point. Because why not avoid pitchers to make a point? Because you know, maybe one time in the next ten years, he'll win a league, it'll, it'll labor or tad or whatever, and say, "I won the league, and I didn't get draft any pitchers in the first seven or eight picks." Great, perfect. Okay, you're finally going to be right. Even a stop clock's right twice a day. It's fine. Right, but the point is, when you go into the, when you when you go into these these high stakes leagues and you try to pull this this kind of strategy, you know, and I remember him, you know, you know I had a choice between this one, this one, this one, and Granky. Gee, who are you going to take? I could tell you I, before I said it out loud before you said I taking Granky. Okay, take Granky, take Granky as your ace. Come on, Garetta, you ask anybody, any high stakes player out there in a league with with thousands and thousands of dollars on the mind on the line, if they feel comfortable that Granky is your number SP one. You, you ask them, go ahead and say, I'd love to know who that was. You, you ask any of the top players if they're, they're comfortable coming out of the draft. If like Granky's your SP1 and maybe what Kyle Hendricks is your SP2, you know, at that point or something like that. I mean, uh, I mean, if that's what you think you're going to win the title with that, but you know, and it, look, anything's possible. Anything's possible. I mean, you know, a miracle, some kind of miracle could happen, but that's not the way you're going to win a title. I'm sorry. So I just don't, it's not happening. And, and it proves in the pudding because I, I, these guys that go in there for the most part, and there's very few percentage of people that draft the analysts that have done the crossover do it really well. There are the Larry Schechters of the world. There are the Vlad Settlers of the world. There are the Scott Jensen's. I've said their names before, right? And that, that make the crossover and they now be made themselves into really great, you know, um, high stakes players that are out there, right? But but and but they will tell you it's a whole it's a whole different experience with these analysts. I mean, it really pissed me off, you know. Another guy who's a, you know the, the godfather of uh, they call him uh, was Charlie Weaker, 
you know, who's the godfather of whatever, whatever they just call him the godfather for, I guess, and he's been around for a lot of years, give him a lot of credit in the industry, you know, for establishing a lot of fantasy baseball stuff that he did. And, and I'm sure, and that's great, but you know, he, he, he goes on the air and he's about to step into this analyst draft, his expert draft. And the words that came out of his mouth was, this is only my, this is my second draft. So we're going to see what's going to happen. Something to that effect. So it's basically March. Okay. Basically March. Right. You're, you're walking in as an expert. Okay. Touting yourself as a tout and expert analyst. Okay. And you're going to sit down at a table with 14 other uh, or 15 other um, or 14 other analysts and experts. And you, this is going to be your second draft. He wasn't even sure he's going to get his players because he has not a lot of drafts. He was saying, he has no, how ADP is going to fall. That's just lazy. What draft, what draft is this? What's it called? This might have been, this might have been the FSGA draft, I believe. So why don't you just mute it? Like, are you, are you triggered by it? I mean, not I, I just, I want to see what these guys are doing because people always give me pushback. Like, Mike, you don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're, you're trying, you know, you're, you're just, you know, you shouldn't go so hard on these people and everything else. I, I have a problem. Okay. If you're going to claim to be an expert, you know, at something, right. And then you go in there and you do it like half-assed. Right. That, that, that doesn't fly well with me, whatever. I don't pretend like you just said off air before we started this whole thing. I, I, I used to I, I didn't like Mike because one time he said something bad about Stefania Bell. And uh, but then I, now he's OK for whatever reason. OK, look, <laughs> and the ironic thing, she's in my notes for today. All right. She actually drafted a better, she better team this round the first time around. OK, Stefania Bell is really great when it comes to injury analysis. Give her a lot of that's her forte. Right. She knows she does sports medicine and she's an injury. I don't know anything about that kind of shit. And I, and I've been around the athletic game for a long time in terms of sports injuries or whatever, but okay. she can so far so good. So far so good. You haven't said anything wrong. No. Yeah. So she, she's, and she's really good at that. But the, 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 the difficulty is when people pull her into a fantasy draft, right. And then she has to pretend that she's an expert fantasy drafter when she's not. I don't go around pretending that I'm a, that I'm going to get on the air and give injury analysis to people about their players. Right, because that's not my expertise in Forte. It's out of my league, right? So when I do that, I'm going to look like an idiot, and it's probably the shit that's going to come out of my mouth is going to sound stupid to certain people. Just like when she gets on and dresses, and I hold my head because what are you doing after the first seven or eight picks? What's going on? You know what you're doing? It just, it just. So you can sit down there and do it, but let's not pretend. Can I pull up one of these? Drafts? I haven't seen any of her drafts. Are they public? Yeah, they're out there. They're out there. I think What's this one called? I think it's the FSGA draft. We're not looking them up now. This is not good radio to go look up people's drafts and see who they drafted. And I think the point I'm Florida, trying to make. Florida State Golf Association? Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, Florida State Golf Association. Uh, so anyway, but that, but that, but that's the point I'm trying to make. This is this is the thing. This is the thing that, that really aggravates me that, that, that people do this kind of thing. And again, there are some great players that made the crossover. But it's like it's like a 90-10 split, just like it's probably the way around. You know, the people that don't do what I do in, in the industry – you know, as a player and, and make the other jump to go to the other side. Right. So it's, it just, it is, it's acknowledged that they're never going to be as good as players unless they really, because they don't put the work in because a lot of them can't because they have other jobs. They have a career doing, they have to do multiple sports. You just can't show up for fantasy baseball, you know, for one month and say, I'm ready to start doing, giving my analysis on fantasy baseball. I don't care how much number crunching Todd Zola will tell you this right away. Right. Guy knows, you know, obviously scientists does a lot of numbers work with, with the genius when it comes to numbers. Okay. And he will tell you again, what a struggle can be when he, when he finally sits at a draft table and then goes into these kind of competitions. When he, you know, and again, he's won things like, again, TGFBI or a great, whatever, because a lot of these guys don't play it out. I mean, how do you be, play in the league when people don't play out leagues, right? You, you're ever going to see that in the NFBC. You're not going to have people that just don't play out leagues when that kind of money's in the line. They're going to be fighting to the end. 
and now and, and, and competing. And then they have these leagues, okay, that they have these, well, after they do these drafts on the radio, you know what they do? They have trading, okay? And, and, I, and I'm sorry, and, 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 and trading is a skill. Don't get me wrong. My good buddy, Ian, my new buddy, Ian Khan. Okay? Trading is a skill. He's a, he's a dynasty player. He's probably one of the top, top dynasty players in this country. But the, the truth of the matter is, okay, in rea- in, in, when it comes to high stakes competition, trading would delegitimize, delegitimize the entire contest. Why? Because there would be collusion. Any, anybody can trade. You can trade with anybody, lesser people, and take advantage of an idiot. Right? There's a sucker born every minute. So you, you get you getting off on some player because you, you're, you're smarter than they are in a trade to make a team doesn't prove anything to me. It just proves you played on a stupid person, right? When you when you do these other leagues. Yeah, it's, first, it's first to talk to the, the stupid person, basically. What? I play in a lot of trading leagues and I hate it now. I used, to, I used to like it. I hate it because it's a lot of work. And I don't like I play in too many leagues. I can't go and start offering and finding out who's the dumbest person in all these leagues to make these trades with. And then somebody else always ends up making this trade with a stupid person. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Why can't I do that? But it's because I don't have time to do that. Right. So the, the point being is these experts leagues, and no one goes back to check on them and see how they did. If they, there's no money involved, there's no, nobody's going to hold them to, their thing to the fire and say, you finished last again or whatever. No one cares. Okay. So look, it's fun to hear and talk because you get some player analysis when, the, when you get the commentary. And the commentators are even better. You know that are that I'm out there. I, I, I there, there was a whole thing. I think it was Jim Bowden was trying to make the whole point uh, um, at some point in the draft. I forget what it was. I got this thing on my screen here. You know, um, you know, was talking about Miles Straw. Okay, he was he was talking up how what, what a great pick. You know, Miles Straw was. This is, I think Howard Bender made his pick, right? And he was going off about what a, what a great idea, what a great pick this was. I think it was around like 18, right? Round 18 or 21 or some kind of crazy round like that. Going off about how he's going to steal. He's, these words came out of his mouth. He's going to steal 60 bases this year. Okay. So that, that, is, a, that is a moronic statement. <laughs> Jim, Jim Bowden, if you listen to this, that is a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who said this? I just want to make sure. Jim Bowden, ex GM Jim Bowden. Okay. He's on the radio. Okay. He's an ex GM. See, uh, you, you, the problem with you, you need to get the fucking into the United States, man. You, you, you're, you're in the middle of nowhere in Canada. You're never going to have a huge career. Every time I make a reference to something that's going on in the, in civilization, like the United States. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, you got me there. You got me there. What's D&D? Well, I don't know this game. I don't know what happened. What D&D is I just didn't play it when I was a kid. Yeah. They didn't translate it into Canadian. But the point is, you know, Jim no, it doesn't Bowden, translate into cool. That's what it doesn't translate. He's another guy. He's another guy who was probably a really great GM. Knows all the GMs. He gets a lot of inside baseball information about players and who's going to get positions and stuff like that. And now he comes into the fantasy baseball world and pretends that he's a fantasy baseball expert, right? And meanwhile, if you look at the ADP about Miles Straw, where Miles Straw's going in DCs, it's like round 32, right? Not true. What? Not what maybe maybe it's overall ADP, but if you, if you do enough DCs, you got you got to get your pulse, you got your finger on the pulse, and you know Miles Straw. Is not going that late anymore. Right. Well, Even before that, it was announced anyway. It lead off. Where is he going? What is he going in the late twenties? Let me see where I, I I have the ADP. I'd say he's going not too too short too much uh, after pick three hundred. So if you took three hundred divided by fifty, that's around twenty. So I don't think he's making it out of round twenty five. Right. That's well, for you, sure. You, you'd be you'd be incorrect on that whole. Thing. You'd be incorrect on that. Sounds right. You looking at when's the last time you've done DC? I'm looking at Miles Straw. He's going at the end of round twenty three. Okay. Okay. So don't, so don't say, but again, don't, and that, and, and, and that's draft and hold, right? So, so that's a reserve round pick for the most part, 
but don't tell people that, well, you know, that the, oh, the management really loved him or ownership really loved him. And he's got this, this, and this, and he's going to steal 60 bases. Do me a favor, go look up Miles Straw in, and this is a shout out to Ryan Bloomfield. We were, um, did I get the name of Ryan from the, um, from baseball forecaster. Is that, her, the, yes. is that right? Yes. Okay. And, uh, you know, and go look up the write-up. I don't think he, he did the write-up on Miles Straw. You tell me if anything in the, in the analytics and the saber metrics says anything other than his speed, that he's got any skill set that you want to have in your starting lineup every single day, that that guy's going to keep a job or have a job or whatever. Could he, could he hit, could it bust out and it could be like a Hail Mary season? Possibly, right? But yeah. he's not going to steal 60 bases, right? You know, there are better picks to make in the teams there in a draft than taking Miles Straw, especially when you can get Miles Straw several rounds later, right? If you really have to have Miles Straw for some particular reason and put him on your bench because you may have a lot of steals because you're starting. Anyway, and, you, and at that point, what are you sacrificing? What are you going to get from Miles Straw when you tell people to do this, right? Besides stolen bases. What are you going to get at him? You gonna uh, get maybe runs if he's lead off. He's basically a Malik Smith, right? Great. We know how that worked out. Yeah. What about, we, you know, about I, I was sort of forced into drafting him in one draft, but like he, he's sort of like a guy you want to Frankenstein with someone else when you're really like, like it's sort of like a last resort. But the point I'm trying to make is you can't take these, these people seriously when it comes to like, it's just different, different types of people out there listening to different things. If you are listening to the draft champions podcast, hopefully you're, you're a player or a person trying to aspire to a higher level of game, right? In some level, whether it's the NFBC or some other high stakes competition, but usually the NFBC is the place to go play for high stakes or play at a high, play the game at a higher level okay don't listen to these guys okay for the most part right and if you are going to listen to some of the listen to the analysts that play in the nfbc have taken their lumps in the nfbc in these leagues understand playing against high stakes players and, and what what it takes to win in these leagues too and it's not just a not just knowing the player pool you know and uh doing the saber metrics on these people the analytics on these people there's a lot more to becoming a great fantasy baseball player than that Right, because that's the way. Because I am not a math guy. I've said this many times before. I let other people do the math for me. I'm not going to sit there and crunch all the numbers and make my own make my own tiers and do all this kind of stuff. Right? I'm not. I'm not. You, I have my projections. What do you use the projections that like Ariel Cohen um, does, for example? Yeah, I, mean, I don't necessarily. I look at projections, right? But you know, I don't draft projections, right? I mean that for sure. I mean, I, there was been there's been debate on Twitter recently. Who was on up? It might have been Rob Silver. Or someone saying about Bichette, right? Right, being a bad pick in the second round. Okay. Oh, that wasn't that um, draft cheat. Draft cheat, yeah, right. You know, uh, right. Another, another brilliant uh, commentary there in the second round. He he's poop or he's whatever. That was what it was in in, in the second round or whatever. Right. He said he said the Bichette. Uh, he was on Matty Woods' pro, uh, podcast, and he said that um, he just he just chose him as as the as his second round boss. I guess he had to choose someone. He wasn't taking Mondesi, I don't think, um, and. Um, he chose Bichette. He said Bichette. He said he doesn't know if Bichette's uh, a good baseball player, and he could be betting seventh for the Jays. So, yeah, so as I said, then, then there's another idiotic statement right there again, right? That people might listen to and not draft Bichette in the second round, right? He, you, you, and just like most, a lot, a lot of first round picks will bust too, right? Uh, that's a, that's the way it always works out every single year. I think a certain percentage of first round picks actually bust, right? That's there. So, but so you want to get the guy like, like a few years ago when I was drafting Trevor Story that won me a ton of leagues, right? On the before his breakout and on the upswing, and there's nothing that Bichette has shown 
The guy's got pre- premium pedigree, premium skills. You might want to you might want to quibble over his stolen bases or what he, how many he's going to steal, whatever it may be. But this is a guy that no one would be surprised if he ended the season hitting 315, 320. He could easily do that. He's got that that kind of the way that those kind of skills are higher. Score a shitload of runs, go over 100 runs in that, drive in nearly 100 runs, and probably hit 25 or 30 homers without batting an eyelash. Okay, in that in, a, in that in that ballpark easily. The stolen bases is just gravy on that. Okay. Yeah, but what, but what if you bat seventh? Okay. But again, he's not going to bat seventh. <laughs> they're, they're not going. They're not going to bat him seventh. Okay. Who's he going to? Who's going to bat? You're going to. They're going to put Tosker Hernandez ahead of Bichette in that lineup. You're going to put Randall Grichik ahead of him in that lineup. Who you know? Who are you going to put in front of him? In that lineup that has to bat in front of in front of him. <laughs> I, I just I just want to see what you say about what that. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Stop triggering me. Stop triggering me. <laughs> okay. So the point, the, the point is, as I said before, there's a lot of people that will make idiotic statements out there. You got to sift through the noise and whatever and, and do it. But I said before, when I, when I see this kind of stuff, here's, here's another pervy example. Okay. Again, again, yeah, Howard Bender gets on there. He's, he's, he talks about how he's looking to get, you know, uh, Taylor Rogers to handcuff Alex Colome. Okay. In the 12th round. Okay. So he, he looked, he took his first closer in the, in the 11th, right. Right. Which was Colome. Right. And he looking, he was hoping to get Taylor Rogers on the way back in the 12. So you're taking your handcuff for your closer in this in the next round, you know? What, what sense is that? And they're on the same team. So someone, and I'm not saying that Rogers can't be the closer on that team. He may still be, right? But you just took Colomay. You you hitched your you hitched your wagon to Colomay's being the closer, right? By taking him there. And then and then you see he was crossing his fingers that 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 Taylor Rogers would come back to him, and he was disappointed because someone sniped him. So, yeah, really? Yeah. So someone, someone, so he's Colomay in the eleventh. Okay, <laughs> I may not be the closer, and then some other jackass after him <laughs> takes Taylor Rogers right after him. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, and he was bummed because he didn't get his closer handcuff in the twelfth. And Yo, I, was, I was in a draft the other day. I I was in a draft recently. Like this was. A week or two ago, I um, somebody drafted Taylor Rogers before Colomay, and then I drafted I, I drafted Colomay like a round or two after that. Mm-hmm. So, well, inside inside scoop here, they, I, I have a feeling, and if you saw uh, start watching baseball, by the way, for those listening to the Draft Champions podcast, uh, baseball season's on. They are playing spring training games. Uh, Taylor Rogers looked pretty damn good today, uh, striking out. Uh, I think he might strike out the side or whatever when he went out there. So uh, he may, and they were talking about this. They like Colomay's ability to keep the ball on the ground, not give up home runs. He may not be the closer, right? There's no, there's no guarantee <clears throat> that Zion Colomay is going to be the closer. And remember, Rogers was a what? A top five closer going into last year, right? So before you do that yeah, and write him off completely, you never know <clears throat> at this point. Okay, so maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm the idiot that drafted Colomay. Well, maybe, but you, you can say, but you don't, you don't I'm know. I'm going to tell you because I saw... I saw, I've seen Taylor Rogers go ahead of Colomay. So I'm just, I'm just saying that I'll back, I'll back off of it and say, maybe I'm the moron. But the point being is if you're in a draft that makes sense or it's a high stakes draft, you're not going to like take Colomay as your closer in the 11th round as your first closer. And all of a sudden say, you know what? I want to handcuff him with the guy on the same team in the 12th. All right. You just don't do that shit. Unless you think they're going to both, they're both going to save 15. But even then you got, you got to use two picks to get equal one closer. So it makes no, and then he was like, "Oh, I, I, I'm, I'll just, I just, it didn't work out that way." So I had to settle. This is the exact words for Devin Williams. Okay, you, 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 you seriously, those words come out of your mouth. You're gonna settle for Devin? That's a settling. Okay, in the in the 12th round, Devin Williams. 
right? That's not settling, bro. You just stepped in shit when that happened to you because that guy who just if you have been current up on current events yeah. won the rookie of the year, won the rookie of the year. Okay, is dominant, dominant, but dominant ratios. The guy could strike out 130 guys in relief and give you in sick ratios because he's nearly unhittable right now. The only, the only, you know, fear that little the specter of injury in the background. But if he's he's healthy at that point, and he may even be the closer too. Okay, because there's no guarantee Josh Hader is going to keep that job uh, this this year at all. They didn't get traded. You know, he didn't look so ironclad, rock solid. You know, so talk about people throwing hard, right? Last year, right? And he's been doing it for a while now. There's no guarantee that Hader is going to keep that job, right? That's there. And he can be a multi inning guy. They might want to go to Hader for a multi inning guy, let's say. And he's also a lefty, right? And they might put Devin Williams in that in that in that job. Devin you know? could be a multi inning guy too, though, because he, yeah, it could be. But I said before. So, but so the point being is, but again, you're not, you're not unhappy. No one should be unhappy getting Devin Williams there, right? He's going like in the ninth, 10th, 10th round, 11th round max in a 15 team league right now. Right. Uh, you know, so why, why would you worry about that? Even if you don't get, you're, you're going to get some wins, you're going to get some saves and even a few saves. Cause you, you know, he's going to be the guy that's going to step in if haters not saving or not closing. Right. And you're going to get insanely sick ratios and a shit and, 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 and the strikeout equivalent potentially of what of your SP four, you know, that's there. Right. So I, I don't, I don't understand. So this, but this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about is when you see these drafts and you, you see these guys pick and you hear the analysis, you wonder what the hell are these people thinking? Right. On a, on a related note, do you, what are your thoughts on the, on the elite closers this year? Do you think they're more valuable? Like a, like a Hendrix, like maybe you don't like hater, Hendricks it seems to the top guy because he's gonna he might throw more innings relative to some of the the second. The only, the only guy and I don't have shares of, of him right now. I, I may have one draft early on the season. I took at one point. Can't remember where. I have to check and see how many drafts I have Liam Hendricks in. Uh-huh. He, look, look, Liam Hendricks is on a team with um, like Tony Larusa. Okay, and Tony Larusa is an old school dude who might just roll him out there, and he's the closer, and that's it. All right. So barring injury, we always have the caveat there. Hendricks is probably going to go out there and probably save you 40 games conservative this year, right? And be a great pick, right? Other than that, is there any other closer we can possibly say with 100% confidence is going to do that this year, right? Nobody is. You don't have 100% confidence in anyone, even like- Well, let's see, let's see, it's a matter of percentage of confidence. If If you had to put the person you were most confident into, you know, Play, keep, get the job, have the job to start the season. Right. Keep the job the entire season. Pitch, pitch well the entire season. You know, with those lead strikeouts, lead ratios, and rack up thirty-five to forty saves. At least, how many people fit that bill? One, maybe two. Right. Second. And we, right. Who's the second? Maybe Chapman. And Chapman has never, you know, saved forty games in his in his career. Right. He's only gotten older. Right, and he, and he, another guy with injury questions as well too, and, and um, attitude questions. He could be suspended any day. Right, so, he so, the first two days, two games of the season. You just don't, you don't, you just don't even know, right? With him as well. So, so I'm, I'm going back to your elite closers question. You know, I'm not a guy who necessarily will, and most of the top players will not try to, you know, cram in a elite closer in their first four picks, or first five picks, right? They won't. Right. And uh, so you, you want to get one good one, which would be great to get one in a 15 team or get a really one solid one and then find the guy or two, you know, guy and a half that's going to break out. And with, and with, with these saves being spread out over so many guys now with the pitching game changing so much, right. Why not get, do, go that way. 
you know, because you, you, you're going to give up a lot to just, you know, and I never, I've never, and I, even my worst NFBC team last year, my main event, my worst main event team, okay, had two elite closers who I thought were elite closers, supposed to be elite closers, right, in the top six picks. Then what, I tried the two aces, two bats, two closers kind of thing in one league, right, because of where I was and the way it was. And it was, and it was, and Taylor Rogers was one of them from Minnesota last year, and I forget who the other closer was. Who maybe got me half the the saves I thought he was supposed to get last year, you know? And, and it was it was a debacle because I and I, I and I knew what we're doing that I wasn't I didn't feel good coming out of that draft doing that, and I was right. So most I never I never seen if you look at the um, the overall main event winners and they're they're not because oh I got these two elite closers out of the draft. They usually got one or they a lot of them got none and they basically were good at working fab mining closers. And got those closers and got their saves that particular way, right? So I mean that's that's the approach I would take. Uh, in I just think it might be different this year because like I think like there's going to be closers that fall into roles that won't go won't be drafted, but then I think the ones that you pick up on Fab won't have full time roles. Perhaps like they think you could be picking up closers more on committees and having that Hendricks. This is an obvious comment. Having the Hendricks might be a huge advantage this year, right? And I think he's the one guy if you're going to spend on a closer, right? This year. He's the guy you want to pounce on, maybe, right? If yeah. you want to go, if you want to, if you want to construct a team, there's many ways to construct a winning team. He may be one of the guys that you jump on and do, right? So, I mean, because it's, it's more now more than ever, there's more and more uncertainty about close. I think it's a lot. It's just gonna be a crapshoot when it comes to that, right? So you bet. I just you just better know your player pool. I have all my speculative closers and ways. You know, I think they're gonna get the jobs that I'm not gonna talk about on this show, of course. Of course, so I, would, I wouldn't dare ask that. I'm not gonna give that. That I think that they're going to come out there, and and and, it wouldn't, and if I told them that the hot top players, they're going to be on them too. They're not going to be shocked, but they're out there, and they can get jobs very simply. And uh, you have to just know how to, you take the, when to grab these people and put them on your put them in your uh, bench, and hope one of them uh, you know breaks out and gets the role and does that. But I don't want to leave the draft needing two closers or having a couple of or three or four picks of speculative closers because you're not. It's very hard to get up and do that in overall. A contest to try to do that and you're gonna blow you're gonna blow in half your fab or more within the first couple of weeks just trying to do this right this so, year it's kind of tough to get a like one of those guys in the in the mid rounds like when you're looking when you're in round eight to ten there's not really anyone that who do you like there there's no one this year right like i'm not even comfortable with Karinchak now any, anymore but i but i was never comfortable Karinchak. but this is what i'm this is what i'm talking about okay an experienced veteran, I'm not trying to blow, very far be it for me to blow my own horn because I, you never hear me do this, okay? Right, of course. And, and but I, I had not one share of Karinchak this year, not one, right? Because the, the, the price out of the gate this year, starting in like end of October, November, right? Was just too, I just sensed it was too high because I, with that clear- Brad Hand was on the team. Yeah, it was like what, the 12th round? What? It was right around, when he was going right around where Devin Williams was going in the- mm-hmm. Right, and then and then slowly moving, and then slowly moving up. Now, what is he like? An eighth round pick, seventh round pick? That's where Karinchak's going right now. I don't know. Seven, six, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So that's where he is right now, and and we've heard a lot of uncertainty from the manager about Karinchak being the closer, right? The walk, the walks are a problem still, right? Even much as he's you know dominating. They want to save money. They're cheapskates there. Yeah. And he, he, they want us to maybe see him in multi inning role as well, too. And there are a lot of guys in that team that could close potentially as well, too. Right. So, 
that's a guessing game too. Who's gonna- yeah, but again, you're treating him, drafting him there as if he's got the job. He's going to ordain the closer. If, he, if, 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 if who was it, Francona comes out and says, you know, Kareem Jack's my closer in a couple of weeks. Great. Draft yeah. away in the seventh, eighth round. Go ahead. Go for a sixth round, whatever. Fine. But right now, especially in a DC, when you can draft 50 players deep, just, I've got to load up on a bunch of players later. And one of those guys is going to become a closer. There's no, there's no doubt about it. You know, for sure. When, so, explain that. Like you just load up on guys and one of them, no doubt becomes a closer. Like how many guys are you talking? What type of guys are you talking about? Like the, like Whitgren and Phil Maton and those guys, are you talking about just like other guys, like load up on like Archie Bradley, uh, Kinsler, like who, like what, like what rounds are we talking? How many guys? Yeah, first first of all, I'm not of those guys. I wouldn't say I wouldn't pick some of those guys, right? There, there, there are, I would I would get the guys that are when you know in, that are in those jobs. Like if, for example, everybody's you know drafting. Who's gonna what's gonna happen with uh, Diego Castillo this year, right? What's gonna what's gonna happen with him and Nick? We don't know. Okay, if, you you've drafted those guys and drafted me. Right, he could he could be he could easily save fifteen fifteen saves this year. You don't right? know when. Just the same thing you said. You don't. You don't want to have two guys on your team saving fifteen apiece. Right. You burn right. roster spots on them. Right, but if you have, but if again, if you're if you're if you're going to go for a bunch of guys that might get the role, and he make he might get the role and keep the role this there. You don't know. You might. They might put a big. They put, you're talking about moronic comments. Are you just talking about Tampa Bay Colts that may get the role and keep the role. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. But I'm not going into my draft saying I'm going to draft one of those guys as my closers to start in the top rounds. Okay, I'm gonna. Those are those are later later round speculations. I mean, you're not paying top draft capital taking a Diego Castillo, 18, 20, 19, 20th round. Okay, nope. not. So if he, if I was taking Diego okay. Castillo, in the seventh, okay. if I was taking Diego Castillo in the seventh, eighth round, and then Hank, well, I took Nick Anderson in the eighth round, then handcuffed him with Diego Castillo in the ninth round or tenth round, then it'd be idiotic, right? right. Uh, then you have a legitimate point. And I'm the idiot who took Nick Anderson as his closer in the main event last year. Yeah, well, and speaking of closers, I, and I took Nick Anderson, and my closers in the main event were Nick Anderson and Craig Kimball. Craig Kimball was going post 200 back when we were drafting in October 200, 225, sometimes 250. Now he's going, you saw John Fish saying he set the, minimum, set, set the min on him. And I've seen, I think I've been in drafts with him where like he's going before pick 150 now. Um, what do you think about that? Because all this, like when I drafted Craig Kimball last year at pick like what, 140 ish? I was an idiot. You told me, what are you doing? And you were right because he sucked. Now, again, this year, he's going even earlier. What do you think about that? Very simple. Why? Right. He's been named the closer from from the, for the, for Chicago. No different than last year. Possession is nine tenths of the law. So you said you haven't differentiated. When he had the job last year, he was, he was, he had a horrific year. He didn't have a great year going in before that. Right, the end of the year before that too. There was okay. some injury issues. Uh, well, I'm him. not seeing anything different. I know he ended well, but he okay. he's got, he's got, but people, but everybody's paying a premium right now because he's got the job and they saw how he finished the season last year. They're thinking that maybe he solved something, found something with his velocity. He had no like what, like not a single walk or one walk and twenty some odd innings and all those saves and strikeouts. And they're going, okay, Krim Kimbrel's back. Okay, it's possible. I, I am no, not. I'm a, not I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying that it's a bad pick. I'm just asking you what your thoughts are on Kimbrel this year. Have you, have you changed your mind on him? Well, I, I think I might have had just got my first share of Kimbrel and something recently because right. he was it was because he fell like beyond us. It's a no brainer to take Kimbrel at this point. Why not? Right. So I'm not you know after 200 because 
I, I, I honestly, I whiffed on him. I, I wasn't touching him in the early drafts just because I don't know, because it was so like early on when in October, we, it was so hard to draft closers. Like it was Crichton and Mike Mayers on the, on the Stefan Crichton. You're trying to say there, not Crichton. I apologize. Sorry. Blue Bob. Huh? Blue Bob Crichton, same. Like, yeah. Right. Right. Not, so, we're not worried. We're not worried. But, but that's what, that's what people are, are, are saying on Kimbrel because they're, they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. The guy got, the guy found something, fixed something. He's okay now. He's not that old still. And, you know, if you're going to take Trevor Rosenthal and you're going to take Greg Holland, these guys are, are old, I think older or as old as Kimbrel. Yeah, right? I don't have their ages offhand, but- And, they, had, and they had, and they had, they're all about the same age. Oh, Holland's, Holland's, Holland's older, I think. Holland's, Holland's like 35. Yeah, so Holland may be old. Holland, they they said they're not doing a like he's not the closer. Like it's going to be situational in in, in Kansas City, right? Yeah, which which was just kind of a surprise to me. Right. Well, I mean, because there's other guys there. There's at least two guys in that Kansas City bullpen that could easily become their number one closer. Well, yeah. If you look at Greg Jewett's closer chart, shout out to him. He's probably the guy to go to when it comes to closer situations. He he has it all laid out. I think he has um, Barlow there, and then. Stallman, sort of like the the yeah. guy there, may, maybe or Han. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple guys there. Yeah. Well, if they didn't sign Holland, it would have been a, a clear who they would. I would think they would have picked for the closer. But you know, in that bullpen, I, you know, Wade I mean, Davis too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wade Davis. But the 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 thing that wouldn't die, the Wade Davis. Okay, he's put a fork in him. He's done. Right. Let's not talk about Wade Davis on the show. Okay, he's not. He's not worth drafting. You know, but again, stupider things have happened to be. If it was the Colorado Rockies, he'd probably be the closer. Yeah, right. But um, he, you know, but um, anyway, they said they, they, that's what the whole thing with Kimbrel is. That's what people are speculating on. They're taking a chance that they're, as, as, a, as a second closer, that they're going to get lighting in a bottle that he's back, and everything they saw at the end of last year is going to carry over to this year. That's base. That's basically what it comes to be. That's what it comes out to be. The thing, and they could go get burned, away, but now you're not paying as high as round. You know, uh, draft capital on the guy, right? It's there. So okay. let's, let's move on to something, another topic. We, we've talked about closures for quite a while. We, we, didn't, talk, we didn't even talk about JT or Muto, by the way. That's exactly mm. that's next on the agenda. Uh, he is? I didn't even know that. I, I wrote him on, I had on a piece of paper, but uh, yep. yeah. That's what I was going to get into. Are we, are we going to acknowledge that once again that the, the, the MTM uh, prognostication powers were there again admitting? So uh, that, that I was right on JT Real Muto again. Yeah, you're a lot of you're a lot of peas. You're a podfather, a philanthropist, and a prognosticator. Yes, right, right. But again, this but this goes to demonstrate why because uh, he's gonna be fine, right? He'll be fine for the start of the season. You yeah, you you think so? You know, we don't know how that a broken finger. You you do need your hands a lot to hit, don't you? Okay, Over. you know, and you know, overrated. Yeah, well, ask Ketel Marte how his hand he did that, how that affected him last year. The whole year with his hand, his wrist bothering him, you know, for his swing that that didn't make an impact. The people out there. All right. So you, you you never know how it's going to affect your power, right? And there, I guess that I was never on Ramuto beforehand because I think you give up a lot uh, to take him there in, in, in like a third round pick of where he's been going. Great. Is he the best catcher in baseball? No one's not, no one's not saying he's not the best catcher in baseball. Okay. But so much can go wrong with a the catcher there. And I've said it before in, injury, right? One little foul tip, little things broke. He's, he's spring training. He's already got a broken finger already out of the gate, broken finger. Right, and, and does it mean now he's injury proof the rest of the year? He's 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 going to be exposed to that stuff all the time. 
and there's no DH, and it looks like it looks like now in the National League. So he's, his bats are going to be affected. That 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 could impact him as well too. So what, what are you what are you going to pay for? You know, do you think they might? You think that you think with a broken hand, a broken finger, they're going to risk him running a lot and stealing bases, right? So you got a guy that in the third round, you take away you take away the take away the name, take away the position. If I told you in your in your third round pick, okay, needs to be a two sixty five hitter or a two seven. Let's say he's a two seventy hitter, right? Who is going to hit twenty homers, uh, maybe steal, maybe get you know seventy runs. Uh, 70 RBIs and steal five bases. You taking them? Well, I think the those counting stats are a bit low. The 70, 70. If you like- how many? But dude, how many plate appearances you have to get? Where's he? You talk about batting line. You, you, how many? How many? What did he? What did he drive in? What were his stats last year? Uh, the year before? You know, not that's not last year. Last year was a short stat, or you can prorate his stats. What What did he do in his big blow up year? What was it? In, in, in 2019. What were his numbers? Right. He batted. What did he do? All right, he was 275 average, 25 home runs, 92 runs, 83 RBIs. Okay, and that was his peak. Those numbers aren't going to go up. I'm going to let you know that. You, you, you'd be hard-pressed to get those numbers again. I, I'm going to guarantee... Nine stolen bases. Dead in, dead in nine stolen bases, right? There, there are other catchers that you can get that can steal almost that or more this year. Vasquez? That's a potentially Vasquez could steal six or seven bases. You could get a Dalton Varsho that's going to eventually maybe yeah, get on the. He's not going to be up. That's different apples and oranges there. Well, all right. Well, at some point, at the end, of the, if he if he has catcher eligibility and he is going to be up, don't you, I, I love catchers that don't catch. You know that those are those are great. I love catchers that are going to play in the major leagues. No, that, you know, so if he ends up playing in the outfield or playing something else, and he and he, and he has catcher eligibility, he's putting those stats up and he's going to be on the dish. That's great. Right, but the point is, you, you, why do you why do you want to try to get stolen bases, right, out of, out of a catcher in your third round, when you could be getting you can get 25, 30 stolen bases out of a, a in four or five categories from another player in the third round. You know, I'm with you. I don't want Realmuto in the third round. I'm with you. I think the reasons are different. Like I like I I understand why people take him, but I'm saying that like. Yeah, I get like you say, take his position out of it, but like that's the whole thing. It's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole replacement level. It's a whole replacement value um, theory that like you're gonna get like Real Muto is gonna get you so many more stats than the next than like the replacement value catcher, which is true. Okay. But at the same at the same time, it like I, I said this before, like if you if you're playing like a best ball where you're just you're, when you're just getting points for like, and there's no categories, then I really see the argument for JT Romuto there. Right. But in a roto league where you have steals those steals are so hard pressed you're so hard pressed to get steals and not, not to mention like other positions, like starting pitcher and shortstop, like forget, take throws out, throw that out the window anyways. But like, like if you're looking at like a Randy or Rosarino or Luis, Luis Robert, um, then you're just not going to, you're not going to be able to find good stolen bases, good stolen bases elsewhere. So I think. So what you take, it's like not what you're, it's like, it's also what it's costing you. It's not what you're gaining by get by drafting real Muto there. It's what is it costing you by taking him there? Right. Because yes, you may be gaining certain point, an extra ten home runs and an extra twenty five RBIs at your catcher position. Because remember, you have to look at the catcher spot. Because if you look at the NFBC, it also depends if you're in a one catcher or two catcher league, right? If you're drafting in a two catcher league, right, like the NFBC, you got to take another one, right? Right. So if you have Rio Muto, you almost you're almost forcing yourself like, well, I can't destroy the benefit of Rio Muto by taking like a freaking like. Who am I going to take as my second catcher, 
right? I don't see that argument. You know, you, 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 you're, not just, you're not just like no matter what your second pitch catcher is, like they're two independent events drafting, two independent roster spots. I don't think taking a shitty second catcher ruins JT Romuto. Okay, what if? But what if I take what if I take two average catchers that add up to the production of the two uh, of Romuto and a shittier catcher? Then right. you're in the same spot as the other person. Right. So yeah. So what if I take what if I take a um, you know? Who's okay, I, I see your point. I see your point there. Because you average them out. If my if out of my catcher position, I get to. You know, but then you're also I, spending two. But then you're also spending two different picks in the draft. So you're like, you want to spend a third pick? Picks, you got to spend two picks for your catchers too. You know, it, it's a matter of like what 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 you're foregoing. And I think I think you're right. I think just because I can't quantify it in a best ball, I can quantify what a catcher's worth based on replacement value. But there's you're 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 juggling not only positions in roto, you're juggling scare stats, which are stolen bases, which is really fine. It's really hard to find someone that's going to get you a lot of stolen bases and really be really good elsewhere outside of the fourth round. So I'm yeah. saying that, yeah, like your catcher is important, but I like personally, I'm not saying that if you're drafting JT Romero in the third round, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I can't prove that like it's the right decision for me. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is my, my final analysis of this whole thing. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to go into a draft needing Lots of at bats and stolen bases out of my catchers. Okay. <laughs> to make, to make, to make hay to like win a league. Okay. Cause that's a big gamble. Okay. To say I have to, I have to get stolen bases. Right. And I got to get a lot of the bats out of my catcher. Volume out of my catcher to do that because there's so many things stacked against that happening, especially with Rio Muto now, especially with the kind of money invested in him right now. I'm not, it's just not worth it. Okay. That, that point makes a lot of sense to me. I think, that, I think that's an excellent point. Thank you. Right again. Thank All right. Where, where, where are we? Where are we next? Next, we're going to go into. Oh yeah, I've also heard. Um, we're, we're so that's not a, that wasn't a victory lap, right? That was just we're just talking about JT. Romero. It was a, it was a small victory lap at this point. You know, I, I still. I don't I think I don't think that should be a victory lap because I think JT Romero probably misses play. a week at most. Don't, you don't get a, You don't get a victory lap on this show for that. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just, but I'm, I'm just, it just made my point. I'm, I'm happy the guy's not missing this season, you know, and he's like, he's like not incapacitated and whatever, because you know, the game's better if JT Rimuko's playing, I get it, and stuff like that, right? Of course, but we the, don't want anyone to be. It just, it just proved my point to what I was talking about, about the risk when you're talking about catchers, right? And I've said it before. How many people have ever said to, come to you and said, probably some, not since Mike Piazza or Yvonne Rodriguez, all right, said, you know what? Good when I that guy won me my league, right? I, I won the league because I had that catcher. Maybe Dalton Varsha does that this year. Anyways, so have you have you ever been able to take a victory lap on a player that is going to sit out for more than half the season? Like has there been has there been has there ever been a player that we know, <clears throat> Chris Sale, that we know that he's not going to pitch until at least July. And you've been able to take a victory lap on him because people are still drafting him too high. And guess what? I, I, I took a share of him. I admit, I took a share I, of Chris. I, I, have, I don't, I, I have done 20 some odd drafts right now. All, all draft and holds, right? They're all right. because it's the time of the season. 50 rounders. I have no sale. I have no Syndergaard. I have no Severino on any of my teams. Because where you got to take those guys, right? I'd rather have a guy not coming off Tommy John surgery because they're going to not I mean, I don't know how many quality innings you think you're going to get. And I saw that. Oh, my. I was laughing about the dominant. Oh, I'll take the dominant innings from sale. What dominant innings are you talking about? Because you, you think you're going to get in a team that's going nowhere. You're lucky if they throw them out there for a couple of starts to, you know, just get them back ready for next year. 
By the time it's all said and done, right? Syndergaard too. You don't, you don't, you don't know what these guys, right? So I, I, I just want to be coming rid of it. You know, they have to get their command back. You know, there's a lot of factors in this whole thing, all right? So I, I don't want them this year, maybe next year, right? Uh, especially like Severino, but uh, I, I don't want. But, but why? Because you have, where you have to take them, uh, it's not to me. I'd rather have other other speculative guys that could break out this year that are in the teams instead of these guys. Just that's just me. Agree. This is like a main event draft that Maddie would put on. So I think it's gonna be really hard to stash that guy in that type. Like I think that's even I think it's even harder to draft him in in that type of league. Would you agree? In what in a main event? Yeah, like in a main event, 30, 15 teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I I just don't see you you just can't sit on these guys, man. You have a seven man bench, all right? <laughs> you can't you can't have guys just languishing on your bench for all those months at that point. Now, if you're going to take a, a Kalanick, which would be in the same ra- the same area of the draft, the teens, right? Probably, r- 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 for example, and you know the guy's coming up because we know we know how we have the, the ex jackass, uh, what, what the manager, general manager, who was that? Who was the guy on his rant about? Fairness, what was, yeah. what was he? I don't know. I forget his name. The, was he? Was he a general manager? What was he? There? What was his he was position? Like the CEO or president? Of Whatever. That. Owner, I don't know what he was. It was a guy that could be fired. It wasn't the owner. Nothing, he's nothing anymore. He's uh, not going to work here anymore. Yeah, he, he left. Yes, yeah. he was removed from his duties. But he pretty much told us that he was going to. He's going to be up in April after they manipulate the service time. You know, so you, so you have a you have a guy like Kellen that you know you can depend upon. You know, 140, 140. Uh, you know, roughly 140 games probably, something like that. So you know, then you can then you can do some projections. Whereas before it was a big mystery. When is he going to come up? When is he going to play? That kind of thing. Now we know why, you know, and and he's going to play. Whereas we have no idea uh, what's going to happen with like a guy like Sale and Syndergaard and Severino and those guys and whatever. And then yeah, on top of that, you're going to probably have to keep them, you know, on your bench for quite some period of time for months. And I don't, you don't have that luxury in this kind, that kind of competition. You just don't. Right. So the point, the point of that was not to talk about um, Chris Sale in in this tag team draft. We didn't want to specifically pick on anyone for that but i wanted to you did you have that draft pulled up i i do not have the draft pulled up man i don't because i, I told you you didn't send it to me on my uh on sportsbook is on my phone you, you sent it to me on a link on the phone i said just i said send it to me on my uh okay see. well i'm sharing the screen with you I'll show the screen the screen with me you see it well, all right here we are yes thank you for this i'm uh, sure i'm sharing my screen with mike the mouth and he's looking at the tag team draft we're gonna i'm gonna talk about this with maddie davis on Tuesday, but you know what? I think it'd be great for if you have any comments on that. We haven't we haven't planned anything. Uh, we haven't we haven't pre, we haven't pre discussed this. I don't think you even knew what teams are in here, but you recognize some names. No, I recognize all the names. Okay, yeah, no, I, I figured, yeah, for okay. The most part, for the most part, I would say most almost. I would say about maybe twelve of the names in this league. All right. So yeah. So what do you what, do you, what would you like me to comment on? So yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, I saw. I saw your. I, I, you can look at me and Mike. There's me and Mike Curlin. Curlin was my tag team partner. Um, you can look at our team. You can you can pick on our team if you're going to pick on someone. Pick on us. I I I am fine. First of all, the way you started. First of all, I mean, look, I love Juan Soto too, but he's not the number one overall pick. I mean, I I don't see how that is the way to go. Uh, just Justin Mason, right? So uh, I, I pick, but I mean, I I mean, you can try shoot for the moon that you're going to get him to do that, but. And, uh, but hey, fine. You want to take him number one, you can take him. Number one. I'm quibbling there, fine. But, um, you know, but taking it in at the, at the number three pick, if you're going to pick her, I told you I made my pace who I would pick if you're going to take a pitcher. I would have taken Garrett Cole. I would have taken maybe DeGrom there if you're going to take a pitcher that early in the draft there. But that's a matter of, you know, 
fine. I like your second round pick and third round pick. You know, that's fine with with um, Bichette, Seeger. You're probably double up on the shortstop there. No, well, I mean because you because you can make those. You guys, you can make that work. It's not it's not terrible. Um, but people are saying that people people said what about no like not enough stolen bases from shortstop if you're going to double up in round two and three. Those guys have stolen, but yeah, you mean they're, they're, you're not going to get lead stolen base with those two positions. Sure. You're get Twenty from both of them, right? Combined. Yeah, you'll probably get yeah. You're, you're Bichette, probably, Bichette and Seager, we're talking about. Yeah, Bichette and Seager. So yeah, you're probably looking at about twenty. You know, if you want to be conservative, twenty stolen bases. Okay. Bichette might be able to steal more there. You might get a bag or two that Seager might fall into. I don't think he's going to be running much anymore. And uh, you got um, Bichette. Who's going to give you? So 1520, let's call it. Okay. Okay. So, so far, so good. Yeah, so far, so good. So, not terrible. Then again, you could have, you know, went for broke and you could have taken a Rosarain in the fourth and really added more power and speed instead of Burns. I was going for a Rosarina. Curlin said no. So, we're sharing a team. It's give and take. I wanted a Rosarina. He said no. So, you you took a guy with massively less risk who is going to, who's totally proven in Corbin Burns. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same argument. I mean, unless he wanted he wanted to have another starter. I mean, yeah, yeah. the argument. I think we wanted to go with another pitcher. I don't. I, I didn't mind that. I I had no problem with that. Uh, I was fine. And you know what? I like. I think. I, you know, I I like the Corbin Burns pitch. I I I I don't know if I was doing it myself. Would I've taken a Rosarina? Yeah, probably I would have. But um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't mind the Burns pick. And then you went uh, in the fifth round. You took Chapman as your first closer. He was a third closer off the board because if you, I don't know if you if you see on Team Fourteen, Jeff Zimmerman took he double tapped really early Hendricks and Hader. Yeah, well, you know, good for him. But he also started with Story, and then he went. Then he and you know, he took like the a very you know it's picked that you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm Bellinger. Uh, I know. I mean, I'm not saying Bellinger's not a good man, but there's a lot of warning signs there with Bellinger. So, um, and I don't know, right there. And then, then you went Hendricks Hader, and then, you know, he takes Biggio because you in the, in the fifth, late fifth, fine. Framberg, good. I mean, Granky, I don't know why, you know, that's there. When you have those, that's your, I guess, this is your ace. Framberg's your ace, and, and Granky's your number two. And then you got Price, oh, is your number three starter. As you look down the list, Sean Manea is your fifth, and another starter, you know. So you're really playing with fire at that rotation there, for sure. Other than there is fat, you know, so I, I, I would, uh, the only, the person I feel most confident with is obviously is one starter is in, is in potentially Valdez and maybe Hendricks and Hader. If, you, if Hader, if again, if Hader's Hader and, you know, again, he wasn't, he, you know, didn't look you know, toward the end, especially toward the end of last year. Um, like he's, who knows, he was going to hold, how long he's going to hold on that job for. Right. So, or he may end up or whatever. We don't know. But um, yeah. So I mean, but you going back to your team. And uh, you know, again, some of these picks. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hating like guys like um, you know. I, I wouldn't maybe take a closer in the fifth round. I would have rather have a better hitter there. Two pitchers. You had three pitchers in your first five picks, or two pitchers in your first four picks. You know, I might have went like maybe another hitter there. Which hitter would you have taken? Well, not another shortstop. We wouldn't have taken Torres or Baez. Would yeah, like I'm trying to see it. if I were to take a pitch uh, a hitter here, like there's a. If you go down that fifth round, I wouldn't have taken Brandon. Well, well you do. You have it. What you could have done here in the fifth round because you have a shit sure. ton of batting average with Bichette and Seager, right? Right. And you need power, 
and you need someone that can fill one of your multiple other positions. The perfect pick for you to go there would probably be an Abigio, right? And I know a lot of people don't love Biggio for whatever reasons. They're all oh, they're worried about this and that. You know, again, this guy comes from elite background. I think the guy knows how to hit, and he's gonna only get better as time goes on. Okay, maybe you give it, but even if you let's say you get a 250 batting average there, you're more than a compensator, 240 batting average, it's like the worst case scenario. Okay, obviously right. higher batting average than that. You've got to more than cover with Bichette and Seeker. Right. There, got a guy who's got multi-position eligibility, can play whatever you want to put him second, depending on how you get boxed out on second, third, or whatever. And a guy can steal, you know, steal a shit ton of bases. I think he's going to steal a bunch of bases in that lineup um, and uh, that, that year and score a ton of runs um, and have some RBIs and hit some decent power. And, you know, you have good power. You have, you have in Bichette and Seeger, those guys can easily, would not be shocking at the end of the year, those guys combined for 70 homers. Right, it's not in the range out of the range of five. But last year, people don't realize if you if you pro, if you projected out how many homers Corey Seager was on pace to hit last year, he would hit. I think he would hit forty. I don't doubt it. Right. Right. So so and he, and he and he's got that skill. He's a great hitter and he's young. Right. So there's no reason why he can't hit. And we don't know what's going to happen with the ball. We've heard that before. The five humidors, five more stadiums using humidors, stuff like that. But I don't know if it's going to be. I doubt it's going to be Dodger Stadium using a humidor over there. But. You, 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 those two guys could combine easily at 70 homers. Worst case scenario, 60. Great batting average. So maybe you take a Biggio there uh, in that in that in that route too, or you take a Conforto who might get some stolen bases. You know, but I, but he already he had already gone early in the fourth. Just get you know people off the off the rails. Some of these picks in this in this round going jumping guys way early in this draft. But um, like who? Call it, call it like it is. Who's who's getting Juca jump way early? I mean, you know, Con, Conforto in the middle of the fourth. I mean, oh, I, I, uh, I mean, me, Okay, yeah, that, that was early. I think we somebody. Guy wanted to get his pick. I mean, guy wanted to get his guy. Fine, you know. So I mean, I guess you know people have to take Lance Lynn in the middle of the fourth round. I mean, is that guy getting any younger? I mean, is he's, like that? He's, he's, I've seen him in the third. I've seen him, yeah, in the third. That's not. I don't yeah. think that's necessarily that. Does that mean I agree with it? I mean, okay. so that's there. Yeah, you gave me shit for my Lance Lynn pick last draft we looked at that I did. So no. you don't like Lance Lynn. I mean, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not saying it depends on the team you're trying to construct, right? That's there, right? He had he had the guy who took him already had Simeone. He already had Bieber. You know, start off as, as your top ace there, right? Coming back, there was a lot of great hitters you could have taken there uh, instead of him and came back. But, but look, it's a matter of personal preference. It's fine. It could work out. When you got Bieber there, right? You know, he's not depending on Lynn to be his ace. He wants to, he wants innings, right? And right. With the, continue with the strikeouts, fine. Not in the, right. he's not, he's definitely not in a better ballpark than he was pitching in last year, but we'll see how that works out. Right. But, uh, but again, you got guys like Kettle Marte. If you want to get Will Smith, and I got my first year of him recently as a, as a catcher, you know, whatever. And uh, again, there's a guy right there who could easily put up Rio Muto, Rio Muto S numbers, right? Not, you know, uh, in the seventh, eighth round. Yeah, I liked him there. You know, and look, you're in love with Bomb. Okay, you need a third baseman, or you know, is he, what did you pick? Where was he? What position? He first, what was he pitching? First base. Or first or first or third, but then when we wrap back, wrap, wrap back around, he's obviously first because we, we doubled up with Ryan Hayes. Yeah, but it's early, but it, but again, those are early. Those are those are really pushing those guys up early. What do you say? There, I think you're, you know, you're setting it pretty early. Uh, for those two. Well, Bomb. Eight, what's what's eight times fifteen? Eight times fifteen. We're drinking Bomb around pick one twenty. 118. So, when are you taking Hayes? Hayes, Hayes, yeah, like I wouldn't, I don't think, like, I I think Hayes after bomb, I think that was a mistake, probably. 
Look, and if you're gonna if you're gonna go for a team like this, swing for the fences. Not that I'm a fan of his. You go for Buxton there. You could have had Buxton there. That's and exactly what I said. Them, I, I said. I said I said go Buxton. Go Buxton or Robles. You're gonna just go for, go for a home run with the stolen bases and try to go for it. Take Buxton if you really, even though that's jumping him up, whatever. And, you, and, and it is a Russian roulette type pick. You just grab Buxton there, you know, and get more. You know, you don't have to worry about batting average. You get you still got power, and you get a lot of speed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. But, we, but the thing is, it, it's uh, we went through some. It's our first time drafting a team together, right? Yeah, you know, and you're in love with Molly, so you just keep pushing him up and pushing him up. Now he's in the tenth round. Now, you know, when traditionally he's more a couple rounds later than that, but it's fine. You know, whatever you want to do that. And I think you're, you know, and then you're believing in Savali's going to come back, and whatever. But I think, like you said, you need to be again. I'm concerned about this offense as we get later in this draft. Yeah, I think I think right when we did Molly and Savali, I think we needed to do one of them. Even though, like, I think even though we're not that comfortable with one of them as our SP three, mm-hmm. I think we're um, we needed we needed an outfielder there. Dude, you could have you could have Dylan Carlson instead of Aaron Savali in the eleventh round. I mean, that could be a guy who's twenty twenty. You know, easy right there. There was Carlson. There's Santander. There was a lot of guys we could have gone. Yeah. There, right? Well, you could have, like I said, you need some there. Yaz. bases. You still let, you still let on speed. There. Right. You're, only gonna, you're not going to get maybe more than 10. You know, you could get 10 from Marte. You could get 10 from Hayes. You know, you could, you maybe, you get the 20, maybe you get 18, you maybe got 35 stolen bases right on this team. Yeah. Through 10 rounds, through 11 rounds, through 12 rounds. Through yeah, but then if we don't take Savali there, like, what do you think about our pitching? Okay, well, you have, you have Cole, you have Burns, who you're hoping to be an ace, right? Yeah. CSP2, and you have... You have Chapman as your closer, mm-hmm. so, so you have you have Molly your third starter. So yeah, your 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 pitching's not There's other guys you could take after that that you didn't take. You because you're trying to make up on offense, and you're passing a lot of pitchers you could have put in there. Yeah, you know, these middle rounds here that you're just trying to pile up less more marginal outfielders to fill out your outfield like Kepler, Dozier, Senzel. You know, you're trying to do that to make up, catch up and out, and catch up on offense. Yeah. Right? We're in that range. There's a lot of starters, right before, right after that, that you could fit in. You could, you could, you could have got an Urquidy in there. You could have, you know, put in a guy like who else in in, in this range as a starter that you could have, uh, you know, put in there. Um, okay. Perhaps who else you got? You could have, I mean, to, to bet on Drew Smiley a little later on, 15th round, right there. Uh, it's there. So there's there's some there's some plays you could have in there. So, but whatever. You know, the point is that the point is it's not the worst team you've ever drafted. That I've seen, whatever. I mean, it's, 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 I think our outfield, our outfield's hurting though. A lot of players I like, uh, here too. It's just it kind of goes back to it goes back to roster construction, you know, and that's that's really what it comes down to, you know, and uh, you know, that's the thing. So that's what it comes down to, you know. And again, you have some vets in this league and and uh, that we're drafting here that know what they're doing, so it's going to make it harder for you guys as well too. So, right, it was definitely a tough league. You know, I mean, but what do you what do you think? So like what I said, well, well, I, what I said was I, when, during the draft, and I don't know if we're gonna we 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 recorded it, but I don't know if we're gonna release it. But during the draft, I said I I we were we were going back and forth, and I said Bucks. I gently suggested Buxton instead of Hayes, and then I also said we need an outfielder instead of Savali. But when when but it wasn't all me telling Mike suggesting to Mike. He also suggested me. He didn't want to go Will Smith in round seven. He said we should have gone Wheeler in round seven. So the Will Smith pick was sort of mine. So do you think if we went Wheeler in round seven? Yeah, but but, but again, now, now Wheeler, why, why do you need Wheeler? Then they have another another starter. 
right? So you're going to take Wheeler in the seventh and Molly in the tenth and Shavali in the, you know, I mean, why didn't you Wheeler there? I don't know. I, 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 that, that was, um, yeah. So that was something that we were sort of wavering with. It was Wheeler or Meadows there in the, yeah, in the that's why, Well, Meadows would, I, uh, Meadows would have been a great pick there. You know, you had Dansby Swanson in the seventh there. We already had two shortstops. We can't take shortstops. Yeah, right. I said, but that's, that's only the only drawback is there's so many great shortstops when you double up on the shortstops there. I think the opposite. I think there's, I think shortstop runs off, falls off a cliff. I think Swanson would, would have been the only option there, or maybe Semyon. Um, he's going to get some nice dual position eligibility. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think, I don't think it was bad. I think we were sort of hard on ourselves um, being our first time tag teaming. And we yeah, well, I, I can't draft anybody else. I, 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 you know, it's hard. It's really hard to do. I, I don't want to be people's opinions and, you know, whatever, you know, you got your guys or whatever you got, it's got to be like back and forth. I mean, I, I just, I understand the concept we're trying to do here, but. You know. Yeah. I think later on we took Miles Straw in the 23rd round. Good for you. He's gonna steal sixty bases. My my mistake. You're. Uh, I didn't know you were taking Miles Straw. There's your sixty bases. Your stuff. According to Jim Bowden. <laughs> yeah, we're set. We're set now. I would love to get on the air. You know, Mike takes on an analyst every week. If there's a piece, if I if I if I if you can put the Godfather on the air or the MTM on the air talking to somebody once a week, going head to head with an analyst, I, I would I would love it. That'd be fun. You know, talk about that. But, right. Uh, can, can we just get a league when we put like me? And like fourteen other industry guys in there, I, I, I just you provide commentary. You're almost becoming like an industry guy because you know? you're on all these podcasts. You're on the Palapalooza. You're like you're. I think you're industry now, Mike. Dude, I started in just like you know. Again, shout out to Scott Jenstad. I started in the industry. I started in the in the high leagues, and then I dabbled in stuff in the industry here. And doing a podcast doesn't doesn't make you an industry dude, okay? Necessarily, right? As a guest, I'm, I I don't have my own podcast. You know, I I, I pour my talent around to different places, and that's what I do. For, 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 for fun and enjoyment for everyone out there listening. So are we done with this league? Do we have to keep looking we're, at this? We're done with that league. We're done with this league, but we have to look at it. We have to look at another league because I promised that we're going to, you're going to, you're going to cut up some of the, the, the draft champions listener league. Because it, it is sort of and, and while you're calling up this other league, it just, because, you know, I like to give wisdom. Uh, this is some more um, MTM words of advice on life. Cause I've been around the block for a few times, you know, cause there's this, there's this really an unnerving presence lately that I'm encountering that people are naming their dogs human names. Okay, there there are certain there are certain names you just don't want to name your dog or your cat. Okay, like for example, if you have a dog, okay, you don't name the dog Kevin, right? <laughs> you don't you don't name the dog Fred. You know, you don't name the dog Rob. Hey, Robert or Robert. You don't call the dog Robert. Come over here, right? Oh, Robert. Right. You can call right. you can call a dog, but but you can call a dog Max. You're talking dog. Can you call a dog Lubob? Max is a human a male name. You can, you can call him Max, right? Lubob for a dog. No. See, oh. you, see, yeah, this, this is where things go, go wrong for you, Zach. You start, <laughs> you, you start to try try to be funny. Yeah. Okay. You're the straight man in this operation. I'm the inner the humor guy. That, that, that it's much better. You stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane. Okay. Sorry. But the point, but but I'm saying, do you see what I'm talking about? You know, you know, you, you don't go around, you know, naming you. Oh, this is uh, this is this is my this is this is my cat. You know, Phyllis. You know, you, you name your cat Phyllis. You name your cat Diane. You don't do that. Okay, but there are people that you you know you don't want to name your do your dog or your cat an inappropriate human name because it just it just sounds weird doing that kind of stuff. So stop doing that for people that are doing their names. You know, whatever. Like I, it's borderline. Like DVR. You know, has a dog named Hazel. Okay. It's an obscure enough female name. It's borderline. You can get a, you can get a, get away with it, right? That you name your dog Hazel. 
right? But but I, I'm just saying these these people at least, at least it's better than like uh you know the, the people that that are in these dog shows. I feel sorry for these animals in these dog shows that they run in these professional dog shows and they name these dogs like you know oh his he he he's running out his his prize boxer King Solomon. Like what the fuck are you talking about? You named your dog King Solomon. What the fuck are you talking about out there? What happened to Spot and Fido and Rex for the good old days with certain names? Stop naming your dogs inappropriate human names. Okay, just to just to save faces, sigh a little bit. All right, I'm just giving. I'm just helping you out. You want to stop triggering? Stop triggering people that are out in society by naming your dogs human names that are inappropriate fits for your dog. All right. End of rant. What am I looking at right now? Uh, you're looking at me, just make two picks. But um, <laughs> you're looking at um, here we go. Listener league. So the guys that um, the guys that said they, they could they could um, burn them are. 1515 Sullivan said you can grab you can um, say what you want about him team 10 and you got team three Briskin Briskin Crinian Briskin at three Crinian at 10 Sullivan at 15 they all these are listeners what what are, what are they listening to obviously not listening to me. They're listening obviously, to us and obviously not listening to me <laughs> and you also got um I don't know they haven't said anything but you also got the, the start right. of the draft, and Justin Mason in this draft as well and then. So you're saying so after saying that Govier and Justin Means, you're saying this is a 13 team league, basically. Sure. So um, and you also got Buffamonte. He's my buddy. You can you can burn him. I'll, I'll give you permission. Team 40. What, what is Buffamonte in like 20 drafts this year? 40 no, more 20 or is it 40 drafts this year? Yeah, he's in never one that you're in. So you can yeah, yeah, those are all fair game. They're all fair game. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I you know I hate everybody else. I hate, I hate everybody's draft except my own. You, and you can you can burn my team too. So what did you start? He started Bieber in this round. Yeah. Again, he, you could criticize him by taking a, 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 an ace in the first round. He had every draft you've shown me so far, you've taken an ace in the first round. You've taken Cole now. I've seen you take control. You've shown me a draft with DeGrom, and now you showed me a draft with Bieber. So you made a lame-ass argument about that just to, just to, just to be sensational. That's what you did. I know. You showed I, me. Did I show you a draft where I took DeGrom? Yeah. When? Yeah. There was a draft you, you told me there was a draft you I took told you I took DeGrom once. I've, I, you know how many drafts I've done? I've done like 30, and I've taken DeGrom once. Okay. And my, I'm not off of DeGrom. I'm off of him like in the top five picks. I, I think he's a little bit – I'd rather – I would if DeGrom's around at pick 12, yeah, I'm taking it. But I think in the, in the first five picks, I'm, I'd rather Cole or Bieber. There's nothing wrong with ranking DeGrom third or fourth after Bauer or whatever. I still have him as a top 15 pick. I don't think there's anything sensational about that. I'm not saying I'm not saying what like Dave McDonald's saying where I'm not going to take him in the top three rounds. I'm saying that he's a little like the wrist is just like the, the little it's a little X factor where he, I'm not taking him like in the first ten picks. Okay. So which team am I dismantling first? Whatever you want. If you got a fair game. You can, you can take one, two, pick one or two of these teams you want to dismantle. Oh, pick the worst know. one. If mine's the worst one, so be it. No, you're not. You're not the worst one, man. In this league, so. Uh... But um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, I just, it just seems like Buffamonte's team is a little, all right. I mean, I know people love, again, the Kershaw in the second round. And you got Strasburg and you got Presley. I mean, you got, you got Urias and those are your, those are your pitchers. And you're, uh, I don't know, man. I think he's just asking for trouble. Then Kluber there later. I don't know. It sounds like you're just like you're asking for trouble. And then he takes fucking Gary Sanchez in the 11th round as, your, as one of your catchers back to back with Christian Vasquez. I mean, you, I think you just, you, you know, you just, you just did your something with that. I don't, I don't know. Oh, like if you're listening, uh, Mike the Melt does not like your team. Uh, I mean, look, you, look, Mookie Bess is fine, you know, and then I said, I'm not, 
And there's, there's Bregman in there in the third round. Okay, you know, uh, but still, the, the, the Bijo in the fourth, but Strasburg, Presley, Yuri is back to back to back. Kyle Lewis, eighth round. I mean, I, is that where he's going? I mean, maybe I'm not at the mall. That's where he, you got to get, you got to pay to get Kyle Lewis off of last year. Um, yeah, and those back to back catcher picks there in the clue. Yeah, that, that, that 10, 11, and 12 pick in a row didn't really do him any favors. And that, then you, 10, 11, Vasquez, San, Gary Sanchez, and Corey Kluber in the 10th, 11, and 12th. Yeah. Brian. Brian, I, I'm not afraid of um, of uh, burning Brian's team. Brian, Brian can take it. He's a he's a good friend of mine, so he I know he'd be okay with this. So yeah, then oh. you know. Then Sorry, you're, Brian. You're hoping that Will Will Smith is going to be the closer. There's no guarantee about that. You got Mitch Haniger, uh, you know, coming back from you know. Uh, we don't know if his balls are all back together yet. Hopefully they are. So um, you know, JD Davis. I mean, there's Sale, Garrett Hampson. I mean, there's so many players here, man, that are like ah. Uh, you might, have, you might have so many dead spots in this line, this this team. It's like, I'm sorry, man. He's not, he, you know, if I, I, I have to reject this team. Does not get the MTM stamp of approval, right? So Briskin goes to Grom, third overall. Okay, fine. Machado coming back, fine. Albies, third round, fine. Grisham, four, fine. You know, not bad to the first four picks. Um, and then you got Kyle Hendricks in there as your, as your fifth round pick. I mean, I guess since you took all those strikeouts with you with uh, DeGrom, you could live with that. No, no, no to Charlie Black, but then you then you hurt yourself. Now, you, now you now you start killing yourself. See, you start off good, and you start and you start shooting yourself in the foot multiple times. And we should have a gun sign effect. Blackman, Granky, Edmund in the freaking eighth round. Kirby Yates, who the fuck? Who the hell knows what's going to happen with him? You know, um, who else? Reese Hoskins coming back from you know Tommy John. Stanton, you know my favorite, right? Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, man. Andrew Heaney, something <laughs> up there. Um, I don't know, man. Betting on Garrett in the fifth is a closer. Paxton, Tapia. There's so many players here, man. That could be just like. I'm surprised you're gonna spend more time on um, Stanton. If, if people are drafting Stanton still at this point, you haven't, you haven't learned your lesson. That's fine, right? Can can he be healthy and, and do whatever? Yeah, he may be, but they just I, I just don't see it. This point, but it is what it is with Stanton. I mean, he he's not he's not a horrific 11th round pick if he didn't tank your team with like. Like seven or eight picks around him, you know. If he was the only guy you took, that was a, a little bit of a risk. Different story, but a lot of this team's got too much, uh, too much risk and too many holes. And people that were drafted too early, they could have gone a lot later, etc. I bet you, you know, like, I bet you, you do like Justin Mason's team. Let me see Justin Mason's team. Tatis, Bichette, Tucker to start off with. So first of all, Justin, let's let's try to clear something up here. Is his last name Mason or is it Salinger? I don't know. So is, it, is that is, is that his wife's maiden name, and he's he's taking his name because she owns his balls in a little box there or whatever. So he has to like keep, like consider her and whatever. That's how it is. Is like you 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 know is your is your is your wife's last name Waxman or is it she keep her maiden name or is it a is it a hyphen name hyphenated name? No, or, she took my name. It's Waxman. Is it is it Mason? Is it Mason Salinger? Is it Salinger Mason? I, I'm still just confused when I see this all the time because he uses different. Maybe it's, I never asked. I like I like him as a person. His name doesn't mean anything. Maybe it's a shout out to his wife. He's changed my opinion of him. I like Jason. I like Justin Mason Salinger um, as as an individual, regardless of what his name is. Maybe he's doing it to his honor to his wonderful wife Danielle, who I met for the first time today. And maybe that's what he did. He that he's honoring her by by using her name in the draft. Let's go with that. Maybe 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 she's drafting. Who knows? No, she's not. Her first draft is taking place. 
the time this is by the time this is coming out, she's starting tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. She's in the in the great fantasy baseball invitational, drafting her first team ever there too. So uh, she was talking about that today. All right, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm saying that I know you're a Tatis and Bichette fan, so I'm. I'm but look, I'm not to to those first those first three picks are phenomenal, right? So I knew you. If you want to start your draft, Tatis, Bichette, and Tucker, I mean, you got batting average, power, stolen bases, runs. You got a lot of good going on there, right? And now you got, you got to get off the hitting, which you did, and you have to be okay with your pitching. I, so, think, you, I think you did a good job here. Yeah, I mean, he did a better job than he than I've seen before. So Burns is he's betting on Burns being his ace, and then you go to get your closer. You want to get Hater in the fifth, right? Because really, there's no pitchers there that round that I would like love. Uh, unless you want to go Strasburg, which I'm not a fan of. You know, he did get Framber coming back. Fine. You got Zach Wheeler. You know, could you be worse? He didn't fall into the Zach Greinke pit because I feel it was going to be the, the drop-offs coming this year, fans. Uh, baseball, I'm telling you, the writing's in the wall with Greinke, right? Um, so there's that. And, uh, you, know, you, you know, the guys turn into more and more, you know, the guy, everybody thought it was amusing when he's calling his own pitches, right? And telling the batter that a pitch is coming, right? And he's doing all these lob balls, all these different things. Because what what's his velocity right at 87 on his fastball these days? 88? Yeah. yeah. Right at this point, you know, uh, great. Maybe maybe he's the, he's the next second coming of uh, in, in his latter years as Greg Maddox. But, I, I, um, you know, sorry. The numbers look good on paper, but the eye test and what's going on with him and, and, all, and all that, you know, foolishness and stuff that he does, right? It's, sooner or later, it's going to catch up with him. And I think this is going to be the year. So with him there. But uh, and then again, um, and again, I, I don't think you need a paddock in that round. There, you took Burns, you took Framber, you took Wheeler. You have a closer. You could, you didn't have to jump on paddock uh, in the sixth round there. And maybe you're going or eighth round. Maybe you think you're going for the upside. Didn't have any pitching for the first three rounds, so he's, right. he's still. The, the, the issue is what kind of hitting you're going to get. You know, as you start getting into these rounds, you know, when you load up on hitters, you load up on pitchers four, five, six, seven, eight, right. Now you're in the ninth round. You have to take. You have to hope that, you know, a guy like Nelson Cruz is going to be Nelson Cruz again. Like the fourth hitter you took is going to be, you know, a utility player, and you got to. He's going to be the old Nelson, the the young old Nelson Cruz, that's going to be there. Right. So um, where they're, you know, looking ahead, probably other picks I would have taken, potentially in the ninth round. But again, you're really you're just slim pickings because you've already you know loaded up on all those pitchers. So you have a great base of hitting. There's no doubt about that, right? And he took, you know, Hayes and Happ and Christian Walker, which, you know, those are like do no wrong. He really picks with Happ and Walker. Could be solid players. But, you know, are, are, do you have enough when you have your outfield with guys like Kepler and Kane and Nemo and places, people like that, and Puig later on in this draft or whatever? So... But uh, there's a lot of strength in this draft. It's a, it's not, I'm not saying I'm not going to can't kill it completely, but there's a lot of some strength in that draft. Right. Okay. What do you right. think about um, we got we got Monesty going off in the first round here? That's Yancey's team. I'm, go, I'm going to analyze one more team in this 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 shit show here. Oh, then what, 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 there's 15 too, so we know. First, first of all, first of all, Yancey taking Mondesi in the first first round. There is no benefit upside to that pick. Wait, so, I'll defend him. I'll defend him because we did talk about this. He said that he wants an ace and he wanted Mondesi. He knew Mondesi might have fallen to the second round, but he was happy. He was equally happy with like any of those yellow pitchers there. So he's like, okay, I'll lock Mondesi up in the first round and then I'll get one of the pitchers I'm happy with in the second round. 
So if you're taking Mondesi in the second round anyways, you might as well take him in the first if you're happy with any of those pitchers, right? Yeah, but it's a flawed. But it's, but it's it, it's a, he's not, he's gonna have a flawed team as a result of that. There's no reason he could have gotten Mondesi back. He's drafting 13th, right? Unless you knew, so he had some inside information that someone's gonna take him on, on 14, 15, right? But yeah, but if you had to have Mondesi. Okay, great. So uh, and then you and then your next hitter is what Lewis Lewis Robert. Okay, there's your batting average out the window. You have no batting average there whatsoever, right? But look, two of his next two or three picks are Ken Alarte and Michael Brantley. Again, everybody's drafting Brantley, and batting average. I thought he's not—he's no spring chicken either, you know. And but again, you're getting batting average, but how much more? You're you're, you're banking on a lot there. You you think Brantley's going to cure all ills on this team just by drafting? Look, I'm, I'm not a modesty guy, but I, I don't I, like I don't see how he's really. Like I don't see it being a flawed team. I think maybe. What, is, well, what does he? What does he got to do? I mean, but again, uh, what does he got to do? And, and he and he took Darvish in your in your second round, and your other your other quote unquote ace is Blake Snell. I mean, you you're you're, gam- you're saying that Blake Snell's going back to old Blake Snell. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues with Blake Snell still, potentially, you know. And you could have had a guy like Glass now there potentially as a breakout kind of guy. I don't think it, I don't I don't think it's a secret that the Padres could go to a six man rotation. Right, maybe. With um, if they have a lot. Of, they have a lot of guys, a lot of arms there, but I just don't. I just don't think that. Uh, I, I think he wanted to see in the first round there. I mean, unless you're really enamored with stolen bases and you really feel you can't find stolen bases, but then again, you took a guy like Robert who could steal 25, 30 bases. Right. right? You got a guy like Marte who's going to steal potentially. So you, you, you took a guy. You, you took Montesi to hope to get you fifty steals. And then you took two other guys in your fourth and fifth round that are going to give you 50 steals, potentially, or 40 steals. What was the point of that? Right? Because you just lay off steals the rest of the entire draft, I guess. Which you uh, kind of did. Pretty much. You kind of did, if you look down here. Because I don't think he's firstly no stolen bases in the rest of his draft. Yeah, there. so he just, he just he did everything right. So, at that point. I'm not, I'm not a Odyssey guy, but I think you put together a team from pick 13, getting Odyssey. I think that was... I think I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Anyways, 15, right. team fifteen is the last team that wanted to that said okay to um, Mike the oh, but, but again, Eden's got he's got two. You won't you won't let him, you won't let Eden live. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to defend Yancey here. You just won't. Okay, let's hear it. You won't, won't let me say he has a good team. Don't try to defend the indefensible man. That's not like this is not a well drafted constructed team. Okay, go ahead. Hit Fine. it. Right. So I don't think he managed to help his batting average. He's, he's drafting Justin Turner too, you know, to hopefully say that like he's going to be getting that many at bats and playing that much to make it make an impact with the batting average, right there. You're, so not, you're not a fan of Turner. All your batting average on Justin Turner and Michael Brantley. Okay, I'm not a fan of Turner either, and I was talking um, about this in a previous podcast. What, like, I I haven't talked to you before this about it. Why, why are you out on Turner? Because I'm also out on him. I want to hear your thoughts on him. I'm curious. Okay. He's first of all, how old? 36? 37. He's the same age as me. And I'm, uh, and listen, before, oh, before, scary, then. It's scary, I, can barely, I can barely walk. I went for a run yesterday because it was above zero in Canada. It was a nice day. Yeah. I like, I can't even fucking walk today because I, I worked out and then I ran and I, I honestly, you like me, I work out in a wheelchair now. I couldn't yeah. even, I, I, I had to walk back because I just, I've been doing nothing because it's, right. Anyway. But, but again, he's got, he's, he's, he's coming off. He's got a contract now. He's comfortable back in LA. There's a lot of players that could easily 
slot in there. They don't have to play Turner every day. They don't need him to play every day. Like he's going to be 37 years old this year, right? Okay, he's not going to be necessarily going up and getting better. So the chances of going down are a lot more than going up and improving there. So I, I just not a, I'm not a fan there, especially if he's banking on and have a lot of the bats for his batting average sake. There, right. to, I, I think the track record of 37 year olds like getting hitting for like over 270 and even 10 or 15 home runs are very like. There's like you can count on one hand, or you can probably count on two hey, hands. Leaving yourself short in some power here too. At this point, where where's the, where's the power on this team? Okay, yeah, that's a good. Well, Austin Riley, but yeah, I think that's like I think if one like definitely the weakness on this team would be power. Yeah, okay, Robert. Let's let's say let the, oh, everything goes right, and Robert's hitting thirty homers like he's supposed to, and Marte hits twenty five. Like in a crazy year, so you got fifty five homers there. Contreras is twenty seventy five. Mondesi is ten or fifteen. Yeah, yeah, you have too many 10, 15, 20 home guys in here. Bobbers, you don't have these guys that are going to, you know, pile on the 30 homers, right? 25, 30 homer guys. You got guys like Kicks and Dubon later on that are going to have to be in your lineup and Kirilov. And, you know, there's too many guys here that are just not big power guys, RBI guys. So that this team is not right. No. All right. So, and then Sullivan, you know, he ended the first round and he had Yelich in the 15th. Like, look, you can't. Complain about Yelich in the 15th. He's got all the skills there. He had a rough year last year. You know, the only thing you can question is how much they're going to make him, you know, run. So that's the thing that's going to go sooner or later at this point. And do they need him to run? And will he run? So, okay, you're banking, let's say, what, fifth? What, you want to be conservative? How many steals? 15? 20? Sure. I, I don't you know, I see how it's going to be. So then you, and then he, and then he double your, your, what was it? You took him. And you took and you took Giolito going back, right? Where I would have not taken Giolito there necessarily. There's about th- two or three other pitchers I would have taken. Maybe I like Giolito, but I would have really? maybe taken someone else over Giolito there. Did you take Darvish? They're kind of similar pitchers in ways, man. I mean, they both have. I, I have a team that I <laughs> I did a double tap for fun. I did I did uh, with Darvish and Giolito, right? But so I mean and. There's a lot of similarities. Darvish this year than last year because we were we were looking at a draft. We were looking at my main event last year, and we were looking at Mark Strebo's team, and he took Darvish real early. Forget where it was. Was it like the end of the second or like the beginning of the third? And we were both saying we didn't like it. We were wrong. So what's changed for you um, with your assessment of you, Darvish? Well, look, you you can you know, remember last year we wanted to people we wanted to see him do it right, and he and he, and he did it. That's and again, it was granted it was a shortened season. Right. Um, granted, it was again. How old is he? In his injury history. Yeah, like I said, he's got there. There are some issues there. And right? there was his rotation. Right, there are some issues there. Right, but when he's pitching, he's elite. Coasting, if they're coasting, they're coasting. You know, you're looking at his strikeout. Right? You're looking. You're looking. He when he is pitching, he can be elite. You know, we have to. You know, we have to worry about the um, the command and control. When you look at, you look at, you know's know, Saris's rankings, got good stuff over on the athletic shout out to the athletic and, you know, his rankings, right? right. You know, he, you know, Giolito and Darvish both have, um, his command plus scores, uh, are kind of like in the red there. They're a little concerning, right? Not that they're not great pitchers and he doesn't have them up on the top there, but of the top of the top guys, these are guys you have to maybe worry about a little bit, um, right. in that area. Right. But so, I mean, fine. You want to take Giolito, take Giolito as there, and you come back at the end of the round. He, if he has to have a another uh, starter, 
on the turn there. Again, I, I, I have other guys that would take over Lance Lynn. Okay, fair There's enough. At least two other players, two, three other players that might take over Lance Lynn, you know, there uh, at the turn to pair up with Gilead. I would have a better starting pitcher pairing there. And then, again, I'm not, I am not uh, an Arenado truther now anymore. He's on a downswing as it was already. And now he's not in that ballpark anymore. He's in St. Louis. And he has, Dar- you know, he has Arenado as a fourth and, you know, being the fourth round pick, which is kind of where he's falling. That's about where you can get him. But you think of all the guys like Springer, right? Robert, Rosarena, Marte, Rendon, B, you know, Grisham, Vladimir Guerrero. These are guys, you know, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather have go for the <laughs> swing for the fences and get a guy that's going to maybe be uh, up and coming and take him. And, you know, he, he could be solid there. It's a safe, decent pick. Doesn't blow me away. Right. And then you got, you know, and then he takes, um, you know, Jaira and Suarez. Yeah, do you need yeah. Suarez and Arenado right away? Right. I sort of learned my mistake on that. Uh, third baseman. Third baseman. Yeah. Right. But again, you, in in this team, you got some, you got stolen base problems here. Speed issues here. You know, here. You know, Yelts is going to give you some, but what is, you know, you get nothing out of Arenado. How many are you going to get out of Jaira? Maybe a 10, 12, hopefully, right? Yep. Suarez, nothing, you know, nothing out of Rosario, nothing out of Hosmer, nothing out of like okay, Dylan Carlson. You're going to maybe get some. That's good. Makes up something there. But maybe you got what, 40 steals on this team. So maybe less of them, but, you know. How many do you say 40? Yeah, on this team, from what I see so far in the early round, guys. Let's yeah. see, 20, 40. He's got 45, 50, maybe 50 steals. If you want to be conservative, and he's betting on Kim to be the guy in the 12th round, like he's going to get all this, you know. Yeah, but I don't, I'm looking at my team. I don't think I'm, I'm much ahead of him. All right. We don't care about your team, though, Brent. Right? So, all right. All right let's, 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 but again, they, 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 it's, you know, there's, there's, there's teams that have some strengths there, but again, I'm not, I wasn't in now. I know none of these, none of these drafts like blew me away. So I had to have, you know, one of these teams or whatever. So, all right. So, um, We've we've critiqued a lot of a lot of teams already, and you seem to always have the perfect draft. When I look at your teams, why don't, why don't you tell me about a mistake in terms of not player, but a, like how you constructed a team? How at, like at first when you were drafting? Maybe like right now you have perfect drafts, but when you were first starting off in the NFPC, what would be a team? What would be a mistake in terms of your, of your team construction? Mistake in my team construction? Yeah, like what was it? What was an early mistake we were making in terms of team construction? Right. Uh, <laughs> now, people remember me from back in the day. My the, the the big joke was is that when I got into the NFPCs, like MT, he you know he never Mike never drafts any pitching, right? Like my first pitcher was always like the eighth ninth round all the time <laughs> for a long time, and like I would get Brandon Brandon Morrow was my starter, you know, like you know back you know or something like that, or even before that, way back in the day. Uh, there was, I forget who the eighth, ninth guy, there was always some kind of obscure guy that you hope was going to come out. Um, who was the guy on the, on the Marlins at the time? What was his name? Was last name? Josh, Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, you know. Oh, hey, there you go. So, and whatever. But, uh, but again, it was always like, hey, all these hitters and the, all the pitching was later, it was always a debacle. You know, hitting, 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 whatever. And then, you know, wise up. And so it was like, you know, it was like boomer busts with the, the way you did things. You get this obsessive drafting when you're obsessed with either all these hitters, all these pitchers, or, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. This so, is sort of like my teams last year. They weren't balanced teams, you know, and uh, that kind of stuff. No, I, I think last year I didn't. I didn't have enough pitching last year. Yeah, yeah. 
So you guys got to have the depth. You got to have the pitching, man. You know, yeah, that's one thing in the NFBC playing for, for the first time, like for for real, for playing like a significant number of drafts. I don't think I, w- I would always go for the hitting first. I would keep hammering the hitting and then I would go for too risky pitching. I would get. The- isn't it a lot of life like, isn't it a lot of like fantasy, of like imitating reality that, you know, the deeper your rotation, the better you're off because of injuries and because, right? I mean, I, I just think the same thing. You want to have a, 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 a deep rotation if you can put it together, right? You yeah. know, and uh, so you, cause if you're putting it all on one or, you know, a couple, one or two pitchers and, uh, and then everything else, uh, and then going try to find them later, you're not going to get them. Especially, especially you got guys in the way they work the fab and the way they work their teams. A lot of these guys are going to be, you know, on their reserves. You know, there's not that many pitchers that are, you know, you're going to always, you know, pick up. I mean, here and there, you get one like a Soroka year kind of thing or any Anderson last year or something like that. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to. Braves. Yeah, so okay. tell me three players or a player, maybe we have to do three that you, you like this year. You've done a lot of drafts like me. I'll give you three. You can give me three A player that you don't have any of yet, just for whatever reason, maybe because of team construction, but you like that player, but you've yet to draft them. For me, one is Soto. Like I really like Soto this year, but I've just always been going with someone that's um, in the first round. That's either a pitcher. I think the scarce items are pitching stolen bases and shortstops. Those are the, like, if you look at positions and stats, those are the things I'm focusing on. And earlier on, if I was going outfielder, I, I just liked bets better at first. Maybe I wouldn't like that anymore. Now it's sort of more of a toss up between them, but um, Soto's one guy that I'm, that I'm not getting of, getting any of, and that's why I'm sort of not getting him. What about you? Well, I, I, I should probably get more Aaron Judge, right? Probably gotta be Aaron Judge, of course, right? I just, I just say all players, I think I'm, I'm going to tell people I'm going to get in, in the main events that I won't touch. So I got to get some Stanton. I got to get some more judge for sure. Oh, I, I, need, I need Tommy Pham in my life. I, I, need, Tommy, I, need, I, need, I need I need some more Strasburg on my team. and Shohei. What? Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, yes. Now he's throwing 100. I'm all over Otani. I'm bumping him up in the top five rounds because he's throwing 100 in spring. So I'm going to put him in there too. Are you with me on, are you with me on Pham? Like on a serious note, are you fading fam like I am? Or? I know you. I know you're a, a, a major fam hater. You know that's out there. I, mean, I don't hate him as much as you do. All right. And and if I and if I see him just doing be you know work playing normally in spring and doing the normal things in spring training games, I think that his hit tool is solid enough that uh, and the speed that you know if you're going to get him in the ninth round now or whatever I think he's falling at the ninth round basically where fam is going. At that point, I mean, he's not a bad potential, you know, 2020 play with good, bat, decent batting average, as people are hoping for it, fam. So, but yeah, but the, the issue is going to be the injuries, the stabbings, and everything else. Stabby fam over there. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I'm not, I'm not as out on him as you are. I mean, I'll take, I'll take fam, depending on how my team is being constructed. He falls to me under the right circumstances. I'm not going to go out of my way to get Tom. You're going to be reaching on him. You'd rather, you'd, you'd rather fam than Blackman, I'd assume. Uh, probably mainly because of the solar bases, yeah. Because Blackman gives you a lot, you know, getting more and more, you know, bases is average and what I need. Plus, on that team he's on, man. How are we, how are we doing for time? Uh, it's already getting long, but you know, and one of the things I, one of the things people always ask me about that they love, one of the big new features that I, that I did that everybody was in love with the last time we did it was the Draft Champions podcast fun facts that I put together. As much as you shit all over that and said it was going to be, ah, oh, no one's going to like this. This is terrible. We got all this great feedback. People thought the fun oh, facts. People loved it. People I got texts from people that was hysterical. 
So now, do you want to? You saw the agenda. Do you want to keep going through this, or do you want to get right to your fun facts? Let's get to the fun facts. And uh, how long have we gone for tonight? I don't know. We've gone for quite a while. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, a while. Scanning, I'm just scanning through these. To, if there's any other like must ask questions before must we must ask questions for MTM before we. Uh, a lot of this stuff we've sort of touched on. Um, um, all right, like one, one question I do actually want to ask you um, I, I personally is um, like in terms of diver, like before we, before we get into the fun facts, this is my last question for you. Um, diversification, do you, how do you, how do you handle diversification in terms of you've done, you've done probably the same amount of drafts as I have, like in terms of early in the draft. First of all, first of all let, let's, it's, it's, and this is a pet peeve of mine in speaking, okay? It's not the same amount of drafts. Okay, the word is not amount. It's the same number of drafts. Okay, if it's something that can be countable, it's number. If it's a mass of, of something, it's an amount. Okay, and, and it's like it's like it's 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 a, it's completely wrong English. And it's like and everybody here. The, the top, right. I don't, I don't no one no one uses it properly. It's it's like oh, I I usually I usually take pride in not being stupid. Um, but yeah, like, like, do I have a jar of drafts? Like, do I mix, do I mix up my drafts in a blender? <laughs> and, yeah. Okay, fair so, enough. So, so but simply, I'm just saying, for anybody listening to this who's like, you know, writes, because I see it in written, drives me crazy, you're writing articles on fantasy sites, and it's amount, amount, amount. It's not the amount of games, it's not the amount of starts, it's not the amount of strikeouts, it's not the amount of game, it's not that, right? You're not the amount of players, it's the number of players. Right, it's the number of strikeouts. It's the number of starts. Quantity. It's quantity. Okay, you know. So if it's a quantity of things you cannot amass, you cannot count. Go look up the definition of uh, difference between number and amount. Right. You are you are correct on this for sure. Okay. So we've done we've done we've done a similar amount. Um, <laughs> we've done a similar number of drafts. Our quant our, the quantity of drafts we've done are is relatively similar. Um, in terms of when you, when we talk about diversification, when we're talking early in the draft later in these draft and holds like in the late late rounds you just want to if you like a guy you just want to get as many of him as possible and then in terms of pitchers and hitter do you want to diversify your pitching more because of the the inherent risk in terms of what overall my draft construction in terms of across multiple teams uh, across yeah across multiple teams like are, like if you're if you're like say in the second round are you yeah, i'm gonna i'd rather you want to take, like you want to get like a like some nola some giolito some darvish get a bunch of them because of pitching is is risky um, but then, on the same token, do you just want, would you would you just hammer Bobichet every time? Well, I mean, for hitters, I'm more likely to do that for sure. Yeah. I've had right. some success doing that, right? I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'm, it just keeps coming up to me uncertain. Like for example, but last year I won a lot of leagues because in multiple leagues I had Luke Voigt, I had Trent Grisham, I had Corey Seager, right? Like almost right around the same round. Those 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 guys like you know did very well for me and won me the ultimate the MTM you know I drafted them in back to back ten back to back to back rounds right doing those guys you know was was fantastic to have those guys crazy pretty that Seager and Grisham were so close because I was I thought that was um I thought they I thought Grisham was, was, like, Grisham was going later Grisham was going well they weren't that close it's just the way they went because it just, they were that's what they fell it was weird because you know I'm not saying they were all back up there I think but in my draft in the ultimate they were but they were they were more in ADP they were further apart because Grisham was like 15, 16, 17 around. Yeah. He got pushed up a little bit by the live events. Right. And Boyd was down there in that area too. I think Corey Seager was the was like 11, 12th, 12th that would fall into at the latest, that kind of thing. 
So there's a little gap there, but I'm saying back to back, but pretty much near to each other. They were all in the same area of the draft. Right. But, um, but if, so if you have a guy you believe in, right. Yeah, that, it, it, it's a boom and bust way of going about it, but you know, he, he can make, make hay across multiple teams for you uh, when he's doing great. You know, there's nothing, nothing worse than having the guy you love and want and he's kicking ass and making winning for another, some, on, on some other guy's roster. Right. Cause he's out all whatever. Right. I understand there's the, the, the people that are more risk averse are going to diversify more. Uh, I'm less of that school where I have to feel like every main event that I do has got to be a completely different roster and different players. Because while you're doing that, you're also shutting yourself out for players you, that you believe in that are really great and end up being phenomenal. And again, they're not on your team, right? So mm-hmm. if I would tend to diversify, if I'm going to limit risk anywhere, I would do more at the pitching. That makes sense. What about, late, what about late, late, like after like around 30? Like if you like a player and you think he's like undervalued because people don't have the same information you do or, you, or they don't evaluate the player like you do, say Anderson Tejada, perhaps. Like, do you, are you just grabbing him on every team? No, I mean, I mean, it's a hot as a, his bench filler, man. He's a guy that could get, you know, he showed a little glimpse. You know, he's got a lot of things not to like in his in his in his uh, uh, his hitting profile uh, at this point, you know. But you know, who knows? He's develop, as he's a developing player. He, he's just got a stash, like uh, as a as a as a reserve player in a fifty round guy. I'm not a guy who's going to be. I'm drafting in my okay, bad okay, bad example. So I'll, I'll take someone like myself, like. Um, like a league pitcher. I got a lot of Corey Abbott on the Cubs. Yeah, I have none of Corey Abbott. So, you know, that was like that was like last year when you're on your, on your 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 Tyler Stevenson kick. You know that you you had to have him on every single team and had that work out for you. It would have worked, worked out great if the season was a normal season. In one game, whatever, and then he went up to the store the way it worked out with Tyler Stevenson. Maybe this year is a good year for Tyler Stevenson, right? Yeah, yeah. I have him on a shitload of teams this year. <laughs> he owes you. At that and, point. And the chapter bar. I got like I got a lot of them. I I've tandem them up. Uh, they're they're a highly owned uh, commodity of mine. Um, like uh, let's go. Like uh, I'm trying to think of some, someone around thirty, like like around around thirty. Like do you have do you have anyone that you own like eighty percent ownership of? You don't have to tell me who they are, but like around thirty, like around thirty or or after, like, are, is there any player that you would just keep getting on every team? And do you have any issue with that? Do you have any issue with like just getting such a highly concentrated amount or number, whatever, of, of that player? Like highly concentrated number of that player. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's your, that like, when we, when you get that late in the draft, do you have any issue like grabbing that player every time you can? No, because as I said before, because they're, they're expendable at that point. That you're going to, that's a fungible part of your draft that you're going to ro- cycle through players anyway. So well, no, I'm talking about draft, uh, draft and holds, right? Or I guess I'm talking about I'm talking about three. I'm talking about I'm talking about main events now. Main events. Uh, okay. So you're, worried, if you're doing you know, five main events. Do you have a problem having the same player in round thirty and all five of them? No, not really, not at all. Okay. You know, I mean, because how much, how much really, how much diversification is there going to be? How many options? Are gonna, how many 30 round guys, 30 round guys, I got to say, whoa, I have to have this guy, you know, like last year, a guy I put like around 26, 27, 28 in every team I had, I think, except for like one was Victor Reyes, right? And okay. that paid dividends, right? Because he ended up hanging the most on my teams and, you know, got some good steals and some batting average and, you know, it was worth it where I got him there. So he hung around every one of my teams. At that point, so why not take Victor Reyes and and uh, on those teams, right? So, uh, at that late in the draft, you know, right, well, that was anticlimactic. Um, yeah, very anticlimactic. You know, you know, he's not always hitting me, but th- this will be a, a great climax to the show. 
This okay. will be like the this will be like the orgasm of the show. I can't wait for um. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to climax with you. Okay, I can't. You, you, now, see now now you had to give a bad visual to the audience. Okay, bad, now we're gonna we're gonna we we, tri we triggered some people there with that sexual thing. Now there's gonna be some. <laughs> You know, you didn't give a safe word before you said that. What is our safe word? We need we need one for next time. <laughs> need a safe word. For <laughs> What's our safe word? The safe word from all of our uh, the safe word from all our future drafts. Okay. It's gonna it's gonna be Zola. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't do that to Zola. Let's, our safe word is gonna be Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin. No, that's too long. It's gonna be, um, be something easy to remember uh, in, in a certain in, in whatever. Make, make, make the safe word Yancey. That's what's got to be. For time. <laughs> no, we're not going to single out. We're not going to single out a person. Everything's got to be. It's, it's not, I didn't say his whole name. It's going to be his first name. They're, they're, think of how many Yanceys are out there. They're not going to know who it is. And, 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 and apparently in this generation, if you alert the people ahead of time and get their permission, do I have my permission, you know, to whatever, not trigger you, not whatever, it's okay to use the word, username. So let's get the permission. Put it on your to-do list. Right. But right now, to wrap up the night for tonight, this has been such a great, I, I don't believe how I'm doing this. Because you got me up to like 1.20 in the morning right this now. This is early. We started early, though. It, it is, we started early, by the way. It was like closer to the left. This has gone way long. Yeah. And I don't know how to, well I'm doing this for you. And by the way, there should be a promo code, which I'm going to make up for your show. Because one of the things you, we didn't talk about is, uh, it, is I've been making this tour and promoting everywhere I go uh, my money that I've been giving away. I, I, a little Because with, with the philosophy being that I had this, this um, cachet of money that the NMP is holding that I put in there and saying I'm going to give $100 off if they use a code MTM something, fill in the blank, uh, to get $100 off a main event entry because we're trying to get more people in, and, and it's worked. We've had at least like said, seven, eight to 10 new players come into the NFBC this year, dive into a main event because they got this promo code and they want to like you to take me on. I mean, I look at it as a good investment because that money's just coming back to me anyway if they end up in my league. Obviously. So, yeah. you know, so it's a fun thing to do with my money. It's a tax write-off. I just write it off on my taxes. That's how we do it in America. We don't pay taxes. We don't pay taxes or write it off on our taxes. That's yeah, it's a way of laundering your money. Right. That's exactly what we do. We laundering, I, so I'm, it's a Jersey way. I mean, I laundered this money. doesn't show up anywhere. works out great. So it's perfectly. Perfect. Well, works out fine. So, you know. Uh, it's, it's Jim, Jim Draft Launder. What is it? Jim Draft Launder. Jim Draft Launder. Jim, Jim Draft Launder. Yes. Yeah, Jim, Jim Draft Launder. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do every day. But that's probably what I do. That's easy to subscribe when I'm on my typical days. I Jim Draft Launder. Right? Yeah. No tanning, Launder. Yeah. That's what I do. The money every day. So that's yeah. what I do. So then I'm sure that'll make the show notes for today as well. Yeah. But, it, might be, uh, it might be the title. It might be the, the title. Yeah. So, um, and they have to wait till the last, you know, five minutes of a three hour show to hear it. Yeah. But, um, so what was I saying? Oh, so I've been doing this money, this, these codes, and people have been using them, and we got like about 20, 30 people using the code so far. So for this one, it's going to be, because we joked about this on Twitter, it's going to be MTM Champagne. All right, so if they use MTM Champagne, they will get, they can enter that in to get $100 off. I mean, and realize so no one can spell that, though. It's perfect. Right. Fine. So they're going to, they're going to have to figure out and, and, and check when they're, when, they're, when they're researching the difference between, between number, the use of number and amount. Grammatically, they can look up the word champagne now. They still be MTM champagne. That when the time this show comes out, I will have that code that people can try, and it'll be MTM champagne or champagne. So people can remember that. I always think of uh, Christopher walking on Saturday Night Live when I think of that. Uh, so um, anyway, great script, great great skit that he used, he used to do when he was on the show. But anyway, MTM champagne would be for that. And again, that way I'd love to see for those of you that are coming to these live events and uh, jump jump in. We'd love to take your money. It'd be great. So that's what I've been doing with that. And um, so here's here we are, the Draft Champions Podcast. Fun facts. Uh, these are all true facts. 
right, that people don't know about, they have a little twist on, um, um, on how they're affiliated with other fun facts you may not be aware of. All right, you ready for them? I got 10 of them, Zach. You ready for this, Zach? Let's bring it. Facts number one. Facts number one of the, of the Draft Champions uh, podcast, Fun Facts. Uh, many people don't know this. Starfish have no brains. Truthfully, they, they starfish have no brains, and, and neither does anyone working in the Colorado Rockies front office. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two. A chicken loses its feathers when it becomes stressed. This is true. A chicken loses its feathers when it becomes stressed, which explains why Mark Schreiber, a.k.a. Gecko Industries, often looks the way he does at the lab main event draft tables. He's in with me. Okay. All right. I know what Mark looks like, so. Yeah, so... He looks like a chicken without with his feathers, without his feathers. That's the whole. That was the whole idea there. That was the whole joke there. Losing his feathers. I've never met him in person. So right. uh, number three, bones can self-destruct. Did you know this? Human bone. It is possible for your bones to destruct without enough calcium intake. A similar phenomenon can occur when you, with your fantasy team by drafting Stanton, Buxton, and Strasburg on the same team. So, <laughs> that could also as well, right? Um, and fact number four: each year, ninety-six billion pounds of food is wasted in the United States. Think about that number. 96 billion pounds of food is wasted in the United States, except in Todd Solon's kitchen, where not an ounce of food ever goes to waste. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's not a boo. People are laughing their ass off of that right now, and they are. They're driving, they heard that, and they're laughing. Even Todd. <laughs> oh, okay. Shut up. Shut up, Yancey. Okay. Okay. I'm too triggered. <laughs> yeah, me and Yancey are boys now. Number five, the human head weighs seven pounds. You know this? The human head weighs seven pounds. Yeah, Jerry Maguire, right? But, but, but for some reason, mine weighs over 11. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I can't figure that out. Uh, number six, baby kangaroos are known as joeys. Baby fantasy analysts are known as Ray Flowers. Uh, just so I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that one. What? Explain that one to me. Baby kangaroos are known as joeys, right? Yeah. I, thought that, I thought it was saying that had something to do with a cat. Well, you know that, right? A, a baby kangaroo is a joey, right? You yeah, know I knew that. Right? Well, just yeah. like baby fan, baby fan, baby fancy analysts are known as Ray Flowers. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Right? Yeah. So uh, number seven, an average person laughs about five times a day. That's the truth. This is true. An average person laughs about five times a day. Double this if they read anything written by Dave McDonald on Twitter. <laughs> Um, uh, number eight, the world's largest burrito. This is just, this, this is fascinating. The world's largest burrito weighed 4,217 pounds, right? Oh, big one. And was consumed in 15 minutes by Todd Zola. <laughs> I have to laugh because you went back to the well. You went back to the well. It's like so many, yeah. so many records this guy has set. I mean, he has set so many records you'd never know. I don't know why he doesn't talk about this more often. Right. All right Buck. Well, he's never coming on the show again. I guess he's never going to agree to that. Can he come on your show already? He was the first one to be on the show. He was gracious enough, and he's a super nice guy. But he is. He's like he's a good come and make all these jokes about him. He's never going to come back. <laughs> he's right. a nice guy. Very gracious. Okay, go on. Number nine. Twenty-nine. But this is another two fact you're going to find fascinating, Zach. Well, you're going to love this one. Twenty-nine percent of people are virgins when they marry. Twenty-nine percent of people are virgins when they marry, and not surprisingly. 89% of them are fantasy baseball experts. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. All right. That's and, good. And, and number 10, in Los Angeles, California, this is, a, this is true. I looked this up. These are all variable facts. In Los Angeles, California, it is legal for a man to beat his wife with a leather strap as long as it is less than two inches wide 
or she gives him permission to use a wider strap, which is always the case in Justin Mason's household. So, <laughs> is that true? That's not true. That's the fuck. It's not true. You, you can't beat your wife in Dude. Los Angeles or California. I am telling you that you look it up. It's a law. It's one of those obscure laws in the books. But okay, so there's a law that's saying that, like, just the way you've worded it, you can you can beat your wife with a strap. It can legal for a man to beat his wife with a leather strap as long as it's less than two inches in width, or she gives or she gives him permission to use a wider strap. Which is that is true. There's no way that's true. Does it? Okay, so and it also just says man can beat his wife. Can a can a wife? Does it talk about a wife beating her husband? No. It's an obscure law in the book. Still, there are a lot of there's, there's many of them. Look this up. Go look up. You go look it up right now. Put you know Los Angeles law, uh, man beating his wife with a strap. Like Google that. <laughs> like now, like the police are going to like see my Google searches and yeah, the Google police didn't. Yeah, the, the Google police are going to find me. Men and the they send the Canadian Mountie Google police to your house. Los man. Angeles, Los Angeles man wife with leather strap. Wife strap. Let's see if it, let's see if it comes up. Does it, say, does it say leather? Yes, leather strap. Leather strap. Thirteen of the strangest laws in Los Angeles. There you go. Wait, 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 wait. Let's see. <laughs> it's gonna be there. Right. Okay, it says it is illegal for a man to beat his wife with a strap wider than two inches without her consent. Right. But it doesn't say that you can. But it's it, 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 but it's illegal. But it's legal for them to be as long as it's less than two inches in width. No, you're just making that assumption. No, I'm not. I am not. Does, I, it, it doesn't. It just tells you what's illegal. It's, it doesn't say that it's legal to beat a what you dig, want. Dig, 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 dig further. It is. It's been referenced. Unless they changed the law more recently. I don't know how old these fun these facts are, but it is legal. Right. All right. All right. Well, I'll, unless she gives him permission to use a wider strap. Yeah, which is always the case in Justin Mason's household, of course, because we know how it goes on in the house there. All right. I see the rule of thumb. Um, strangest laws. Let's see. Criminal justice, strangest laws. So this, is, this is the whole thing. You, you're going to question my facts, and they're going to be proven to be true. Right. And this is the end of the show here now. And people yeah. don't want to hear you looking up the laws. We will confirm this. And people can look near their own research. Okay. I just find that very hard to believe that that law exists. I do. Zach, I find a lot of what you say, you know, myself hard to believe, and what I do, what I, what happens with you hard to believe. You're just saying we have to trust each other more. You have to, you have to trust right. me on this. Man. I have to trust you on this. You have to trust me on this. Well, luckily, I don't live in Los Angeles, and I have no intention of beating anyone with a strap, no matter how. And then we don't want to trigger anybody out there with beatings. We're not recommending. We're not. We're not coming out and saying that Mike the Mouth was recommending that people get beat by a strap when men should beat their wife with a strap with less than two inches in width. No one's saying that at all, right? That may, may, that may work in the Mason household, but it doesn't work anywhere else. It's fine. And not, not for just in general, unless it's mutually consented upon. You guys get into that kind of stuff. That's perfectly fine. I'm just, I'm just saying of all the things that have changed recently for the better, and that hasn't, it would just, <laughs> it would just completely floor me. <laughs> Yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of fucked up stuff going on in this country. Man. So there's a lot of there's a lot of change that's happening, really good, and there's a lot of changes happening that like, okay. I think that one, I think that one, that one squeaked through the squeaked by the yeah. Me Too sensors. I think they might have they might have missed that one. And on that note, Zach, it's been real, man. I I I just been like I don't know how I had the energy to pound out. You brought it, you brought it tonight. We both brought it. We both. I think we, I think it was a high energy episode. Um, Jim draft laundry.
Yeah, and make sure everybody when they hear the show, uh, I don't know when it's going to be get out. I don't know when you're. I don't know when the uh, next round of this podcast bracket is. For Zach's sake, Zach will do a better job promoting himself and letting him know that this, letting me know that the draft is on, and the other uh, competitions on, game on that day. And hopefully, we will get you to win. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. So, uh, good oh, luck. Follow Ryan FBC. Well, you want you want people to follow you on Twitter or no? Well, but, but I thought this was going to be up in the show. I think we said it in the beginning, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, people and, listen to the end of the show sometimes. Well, we should be in the beginning of the show, but uh, when you do your little, you know, your little intro pre-show, you yeah, know, you should you should mention my credentials and talk about me first on this show. Oh, so you want me to do a preamble? You do a little thing before we before we go into the intro music, right? So you want and, a thing, and then the intro music, and then um, then like live. Didn't, didn't my didn't my agent give you the contract with all the, with all the stipulations in it when when we sat down to this contract? Send it over. All right. So it's at at Godfather. NFBC, and I expect to be over a thousand followers by the time this one's been out for a while. So uh, it's all going good, man. And before you know it, we'll be in the live events. So I hope to see some of you there and uh, listen to me upcoming on a podcast or a show near you. All right. Good job.
Just a streamer, I stream my fab away. Oh, yeah, I'm just a streamer who's getting TJ today. I'm just a streamer. 